covering you from your LB1 to your taxi squad. This is IDP Nation. Manning back, bouncing fire to the far side. It's intercepted and running into the touchdown. Your home for the best in IDP and draft coverage. Daniel has time in the pocket, steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down. That's a sack. Here are the hosts of IDP Nation, Hollywood and Kyle B. Welcome back to IDP Nation. I'm Hollywood, and I'm joined by Kyle. What's going on, Kyle? Not much, buddy. It's March Madness, and uh, it, the madness it begun early today. The upset started right away, and they kept coming. A few, anyway. Yeah, yeah. There's been a few. Probably be a few more here in a few minutes. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing. That's how it goes. It's just whatever way I bet it'll be the opposite. So <laughs> we got to. <laughs> We got a guest. We got Trip with us tonight. What's going on, Trip? It's going well, guys. It's good to see y'all. Got a, lots of upsets here in the in the free agency football signings too. <laughs> you betcha, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Surprises anyway. Be a better way. Oh to say. yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> no, man. It's good to have you back. It's been a while. So absolutely, it's good to be back. Good, good to talk football, y'all. With it all as always. We'll, we'll see if we can't wrap it up here before midnight tonight. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember the uh, the one time we recorded. We we put a pretty good session together, and then my computer died. Like that's the only reason it ended because I think my computer. Oh yeah. Died. <laughs> oh, I guess it's over. Let's go to that's, bed. Yep. That's a wrap. Yeah, yeah. It was completely out of my control too, man. No, man. Great to have you yeah. back. And this is this is a. Uh, Prime time of year, man. This is exciting. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm man. I'm so much into football. Like I'm not watching this basketball. I'm, I'm keeping <laughs> up with the news in football. I want to see who's doing what and who's going where. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. Well, should we? Uh... Yeah, well, I'm right now. So, oh, you, but, you cut out there for a sec, there. Yeah, football. It's been. Uh, I said I'm watching the balls right now. That's why I'm watching. So, um, gotcha. Free agency. Everybody's. Kyle kind of mentioned it earlier. Everybody's kind of complaining because there wasn't a whole lot of big free agent moves, but they're talking offense, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a defensive guy, this was like Christmas time right here (laughs) with all these moves. Well, there was even big news on. It's just, I don't remember a free agency having this many IDP moves. There was even some big moves on the offensive line, too. You know, maybe some mm-hmm. of these folks just need to branch out and get more than three or four positions on their rosters. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get that uh, the all 22 action. There you go. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. I know you played a couple of those. We're in one, and you got a couple other ones, too. Yeah, man. yeah that was fun. You get the them offensive line moves mean something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I got Lucas Nyang on my team. It's like, who's who's that? I think he's well, the guy who's going to start a right tackle now that Andrew Wiley <laughs> moved on to Washington. I could be wrong because I'm not on the offense that well. But <laughs> hey, but it's a move that it's a move that matters though to your. That's roster, right. right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yep. Absolutely. Well, we've got plenty of news and notes, so um, we're going to talk free agency. Um, Kyle, we'll just jump right into it, man. Yeah, a um, few, few news and notes. Uh, you know, the major news and notes is all these signings, these crazy amount of IDP signings. So there is just a few news and notes that we'll just kind of breeze through or maybe breeze through. We'll see how it goes. But um, 
we'll we'll kick it off here. The Vikings restructured linebacker Jordan Hicks contract. Hicks signed a two-year, $10 million contract with the Vikings last offseason. Uh, the Vikings had previously released Eric Kendricks last week, and I think that was right before we did last week's show. So are you guys surprised that they restructured Hicks, or did you think he was going to get uh, sent off as well? I thought they might hold on to him. I yeah. thought it made sense that they restructured him. I think he makes sense coming in as like a, the two-down middle linebacker mm-hmm. in the system that Brian Flores has run. So they got um, Brian Osmoa as the yep. weak side linebacker, I guess. And I, I think that that's a good duo. You got the veteran yep. in there that's going to play part-time and, and hold down the middle. <clears throat> no, I like that. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. That's, that's, uh, I, I was curious, you know, but, but uh, yeah, that – Dude, I, I totally agree with you. The old veteran to nail it down and then ask him all going into year two. We're all excited about him. And, you know, Flores can let him run wild and blitz and, and be athletic and do stuff. And, and mm-hmm. Hicks will be the old man to keep it, you know, keeping things held down. So, yep. very cool. Hollywood. <clears throat> oh, he's watching the balls. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, you know, when I let Kendricks go, that was. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to blame the basketball all night. No, it's, 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 uh, this internet's freaking, it's killing me. It's killing me. Um, I guess when they let Kendricks go, that was kind of the writing on the wall, right? Uh, but they were, they were going to have to keep somebody. I mean, they haven't cut it's as so many people as I thought that they might. Like you got Zadarius Smith. I don't think he's been cut yet, right? I thought. Not that I've seen, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's not quite the no. big house clearing that might have been. They restructured Harrison Smith, Harrison today, Smith yep. which I figured would happen. But still, yep. it was just they're they're trying hard to keep some guys together when they had some serious cat problems. Cat problems. <clears throat> yeah, no, I I'm with you, man. I thought we'd see a few more. They they were in trouble, and uh, yeah, they they figure figuring out ways to keep their guys. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a nice little duo there with Hicks and Asimov. Hopefully, Asimov is what we hope he is going into year two. Exciting young linebacker. Can't have enough of those in IDP, right? That's right. Uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports linebacker Shaq Thompson will remain with the Panthers on a restructured two-year deal. Thompson was previously rumored as a cut candidate due to his $24.5 million cap hit in 2023. Trip, as the resident Carolina insider, <laughs> you surprised Thompson staying put? I am a little bit. Okay. I mean, it's just... Oh, the one thing is you got now you got more bodies than you got full time spots now. So you got Shaq Thompson, Frankie Louvu, a linebacker, and then you got Jeremy Chin, Von Bell, and Xavier Woods at safety. There's not five thousand snaps there to go around. So one or probably two of those guys are part time players. Unless I guess one of the buzz rumors out there is that Frankie Louvu moves back to edge. So uh, yeah, I kind of thought they would just let Shaq Thompson roll. I mean he's he was named like pro football focus's most improved player in 2021. And then 2022, he's suddenly not the full-time guy. They, they had Frankie Lugu playing ahead of him, at least as for as long as Phil Snow was there. So that's a weird wrinkle. This is like, I think, gosh, this is Thompson's third regime now, I guess. He was drafted when Ron Rivera was there, if I'm not mistaken. So he's been there a good long time. And, you know, 24 million is obviously totally untenable. So, um, it, yeah, interesting to see. I, I don't, I just don't even have a sense as to, you know who to put a chip on down between Thompson and Lugo. It's just it's a it's a curious it's an interesting conundrum they have here. Yeah, absolutely. I I was the Luvu question was going to be my question for you. How you saw that fit and and uh, yeah, yeah, you, you, you uh, touched on that right there. Like is that, <laughs> what but Luvu was the, was the uh, waiver wire gem, you know, last year and um, was just fantastic. You got him and and 
we got to kind of keep an eye on what the what the tea leaves say as the season gets closer. Yeah. Hey, is that what you're thinking and what they're going to? Yeah, I, I just think it's something to watch. I just, yeah. I just, okay. I just don't even have because, and it's the reason why is because Lubu is just such an outlier. You got yes. a guy that was a part-time edge defender for four years, and all of a sudden he's playing a thousand snaps, primarily in an off-ball linebacker role. And what's more, he was like one of the most efficient tacklers in the league. Mm-hmm. And one of the most efficient pass rushers in the league. Obviously, you can't repeat both of those in a given year. So <laughs> it makes him a screaming sell, regardless of what how many yeah. snaps he gets. But still, it's just—I mean, it's just totally out of blue. I, it was interesting. I was listening to the IDP show with the with the fellows from Bowling Green a few weeks back, and they were saying how they have some of these best ball leagues. You know, mm-hmm. they have they're weird and doing them now again, but they had them last year too. And they were having like 100 IDPs drafted in a given best ball. And Frank Aluva wasn't one of 100 guys being drafted. <laughs> it's just it's crazy. Wild. Yeah. Not I mean, more than 100. That's like 25 rounds of 12 defenders. So whatever that math is, 300. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't, he, they didn't have him in 300. The 300 yeah. IDPs are getting drafted on average every week in every other yep. drafts. And they don't have, I mean, it was just totally out of the blue. And yeah. so you see an outlier like that, and it's just, it's, I, my conservative gut reaction is to think that he probably turns back into a pumpkin, but it's just hard to say. Yeah. And, and um, those, those best balls that you were talking about that the boys at the IDP show, they run a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And the fact he was popping up on the radar at any yeah. of them right. at any point from early season, you're talking now to, as it gets closer, right? They run mm-hmm. a good, uh, a good amount from, I mean, early to late, just to get a really nice ADP for everybody, yep. something that's really hard to find. And mm-hmm. yeah, he did, didn't pop up <laughs> and he was it's fantastic. So yeah, he'll be, uh, he'll be one we'll have to watch there. Yeah, for sure. Um, Buffalo linebacker, so Matt said a career high. In... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. He had a career high in total snaps. And coverage snaps last year. Yep. 1,093 total snaps, almost 600 coverage snaps, which is – that's a lot for him. Um, which is kind of where you see his numbers, right? He had a crackles and and so the volume got him the production. But, yeah, they only brought him back for what – what was it, two years? So that's that's not a bad deal for them. Because I think they're kind of thinking what Trip thinks, right? You know, is is that a one year thing? If so, then they've covered their bases with the Shaq Thompson, I think. Yeah, part of it's just that you got a new coach in, and it's how do these <laughs> yeah. guys stick? You know, it's just right. it's it's you know it's interesting. The, the idea of Luvud Edge is they don't really have another edge other than Brian Burns, unless they got. Yeter Rosmatos, who was bad last year. You've yeah. got Marquis Haynes, who was a light pass rusher. Maybe he's a fit there. But um, they're, I, you know, they may well draft somebody too. But at this point, they haven't gone out there and tried to add to that room. So the idea that Luvu could move over holds water. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Yeah, because that that spot opposite of Burns is um, you know, Gross Matos hasn't taken the step like they had hoped, obviously. And um, yeah, that's a that's a landing. This edge class coming in here is uh, full of talent. That's a that's yeah. a nice landing spot for somebody. Um, sure. I like that. Um, next piece of news: Line, Buffalo linebacker Matt Milano signed a two-year extension through 2026. He was previously under contract until 2024. Uh, we will be talking about his former counterpart here 
in a little bit. Uh, this this makes a ton of sense uh, to keep Mil- Milano is just a good linebacker, um, NFL wise and IDP wise. Uh, he, he's I I enjoy watching Matt Milano play. Um, just just a solid guy, and um, keeping him, they they must have locked that up knowing they did that Tremaine Edmonds was going to get the bag in free agency. Like we'll talk about here shortly. So um, I, I like Milano staying there uh, and it's the spot next to him that uh, we're looking for. Right. Yep. <laughs> Tyrell Dodson was the backup last year for Edmonds. Right. I, I think I see if they give this Terrell Barnard, Bernard a shot here. Third right. Rounder from last year. That's... Like Shaq Thompson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it, rear hind snaps and coverage snaps, so it's sort of the same thing, and it kind of translated with rear hind tackles and all that. So, mm-hmm. yep. No, it's uh, well, I was a good player, and like it's something like we were talking about the boys from the IDP show. Josh Raymer from the IDP show, shout out Josh talks about a lot, a lot about uh, just like the NFL normie pods that are just talking football. Milano's a name that comes up a lot. So, um, yeah, it's. I'm just a big Milano fan myself. Fun to watch, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, Terrell Bernard, right? The the, <clears throat> the second year stash. He's yep. he's he's still holding strong here because nobody's come in yet. But yeah, <laughs> we'll see. That's, we'll that's, see. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> I was watch. there was a rumor there for a bit that Levante <clears throat> David was on. Yeah. I thought I would have been fun to see. I would have loved yeah. to see Levante David in that defense, man. Yeah, that would have been a cool pairing. Yeah. Him and Milano. Oh. Yeah, in that defense. Yeah, that would have been a cool pairing. I'm with you. Um, Saints defensive end Tano passing well, on the, the one I'm still in care about. Nope, you there? Yeah, I said the one I'm still holding out on. We talked about it last week is Wagner, right? Oh, yeah. How bad yes. does he want to win, and how bad do they want to win? Was that your call? Was that was that your Wagner to Buffalo? Was that your call? If I recall. Yep. Yep. Okay. Which almost got blew up with Dallas, right? Because Dallas almost took him. Okay. Or was talking to him. Yeah. So, so he's still out there. I think they can get him at a pretty good deal if they just. Uh... Yep. Absolutely. Questions: um, Does he want to play for what they can pay? I mean, they kept Porter, yeah. so my yeah. guess is they don't have a ton of money to put in the middle linebacker position. <clears throat> that that's true. Yeah. Right, and that's what I was telling Kyle is you know he's probably not going to get the biggest payday there, but if he really wants to win. Mm-hmm. On a good team, then you you can take a cut. So, yeah. but yeah, as, as Trip said, if he's got to be willing to do that, so um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that that call will be made at some point. You'd think anyway, just to test it, test yeah. the waters. Um, a yeah. uh, little bit of uh, smaller news, I guess, for the most part. Saints defensive end Tano Passignon. I hope that's right. I can never say that name right. It seems signed a two-year, six million dollar extension that includes two and a half million fully guaranteed. Um, there's a former Saints pass rusher that's elsewhere that we'll talk about later. Um, do you guys anything on this guy? Does he move the needle at all in even the deepest of leagues for you? Well, yeah, I forgot the 32 team league. Yeah. Where it's one topic. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you gotta have him. <laughs> that's gonna say the, like the DWC league uh, with dudes where the that, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I might, if, might see if I can't just trade an eighth round or something for him there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if uh, Chip, if you were on the waiver wire in DWC, I'd pick you up. 
There you go. That's right. <laughs> if I got knocked somebody over somewhere along the way and get see a taco for you. <laughs> see if you get some edge snaps in Carolina. Opposite That's right. <laughs> uh, quarterback in Arizona, man. You just can't take much to get on that regroup. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, big, much big, much bigger news here. Um, a Hollywood favorite. After receiving the franchise tag, Washington defense alignment Duran Payne signed a massive four-year $90 million deal with $45 million fully guaranteed and $60 million in total guarantees and a $28 million signing bonus. So Payne made it rain. They made it rain for Payne, I should say. <laughs> God, that's horrible. I'll stop. Go ahead, Trip. <laughs> You know, I think it's interesting about this is as I have been hearing ever I swear since since Chase Young was drafted, there's been this narrative that well the commanders can't possibly keep all four of these guys. And I've always wondered, well, why not? Like why <laughs> why why do you I mean was it just dumb to draft them all if that if you can't keep them all? It's like I just I don't know. I it's I mean I yes, a lot of money, but um you got he played awfully well last year. And if you can keep that kind of a defensive line together, that that covers up a lot of problems in the back seven. <clears throat> Absolutely. Hollywood, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead. Hey. I didn't know if you're watching the balls yeah. or the internet was close. <laughs> Go ahead and elaborate on your boy Deron Payne getting 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 the bag. Yeah, my internet is horrible tonight, so I'm, I'm kind of just letting you guys lead. So um, we talked about this last night on Shoot the Gap, right? Because uh, I told Jorge, I was like, uh, I said I wrote an article about where all this started going down. You know, now might be the time to get out from under Deron Payne, right? And the, the basis of it was if he hits free agency, he's going to get a mega payday, right? Just a huge – that was a no-brainer. Somebody was going to pay him big time. So Washington being able to wrap him up uh, kind of made that point mute, right? Um, I think he's a perfect fit in Washington with Jonathan Allen and, and Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I don't know. Does he go somewhere good, right? I mean, we've seen it before with defensive tackles going somewhere else on a big payday, and then they just, you know. So um, I thought it was great. For fancy managers that he stayed in Washington, because uh, he just he fits there, and I, I'm like Trip. Why can't they sign all four of these guys? Right? I mean, clearly you don't have a quarterback or anybody else to spend it on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might, as well, might as well keep your strong suit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Deal yeah. with that quarterback problem when it comes, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. Right now they're just going through. Retreat, yeah. So. Well, who knows what happened right. to Sam Howell? But yeah, I was say, hey, let's see what Sam Howell's got. And pay your big yeah. guys, and you know. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, like like you guys said, like you know, why can't you pay them all? And to uh, a, rec <laughs> a, a recent quote from the great John Macri, um, hitting the kids' lingo here, he said, "I don't know, the cap is cap." He said, "Ryan, <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> because cap means you're lying." So oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he had to spell that out for me too. Yeah. <laughs> Because it seems like all these teams that we don't expect to be able to pay these guys, um, they, they figure it out, right? The Saints did it forever with Drew Brees' big cap hit. But mm -hmm. you know, like you said, Trip in Hollywood, like why can't you pay all these guys? Figure it out and backload yeah. it, front load it, whatever you got to do. Turn it into a signing bonus. But uh, no, it's that's just a strong uh, front four. Payne Allen, Chase, I mean, we hope Chase Young gets back to form here in uh, Montez Sweat. So, yeah, it helps everybody, right? 
Um, so next, uh, trade <laughs> Los Angeles Rams traded Jalen Ramsey to the Miami Dolphins for a 2023 third, 77th overall, and tight end Hunter Long. Um, what do you guys think? It certainly gets this defense back to where they thought it was going to be last year before Byron Jones just. You know, whatever whatever health challenges he's had, he just can't seem to. Yeah. Do uh, he could uh, apparently he's going to retire now. So having those two stud outside corners like that is is going to make this an awfully potent defense and mm-hmm. certainly help those pass rushers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's tough <clears throat> the Byron Jones situation. Um, you know the, the health issues. He, he's going to sound like you said. It sounds like he's got to walk away. So it's a it's a big get. <clears throat> big get for the Dolphins there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Rams are moving pieces they can move with the situation they're in. So, you know, get a the 70, you know, top, top 80 pick, top 100 pick, whatever, and start, you know, because they, they play the F them picks theory as long as they can here. And you know, <laughs> they're just <laughs> no, cleaning it out like a fantasy team, man. I mean, they're just, yeah. Wagner oh. goes, Floyd goes, Ramsey <laughs> gets dealt. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. they're just, and I read something about that too. They're just, Going to, they got a couple of core guys, including Cup, and yep. they're just they're going to see if they can't, I guess, get some pieces. Which I guess they haven't been very active in free agency yet. But no, nope. I think the the thought was to try to invest as much in offense as you can, and just tell Raheem Morris he's got to figure it out on defense and go yeah. with it. Yep. So. Yeah, like absolutely. Uh, hopefully, Aaron Donald comes back and they try <laughs> yeah, to Aaron Donald's back. Mm-hmm. and it gets back and you know he'll do his thing and then they they tried to do whatever they could with michael hoyt last year he was a 300 pound edge rusher and um, yeah they're just it's an excellent point raheem morris you're gonna have to figure it out get stafford healthy cup's gonna get open and they're gonna just do you know higby's gonna catch 80 passes and whatever you know mm-hmm. hollywood um what do you think of the ramsey move yeah, I mean, I, I think it helps the Rams, right? But it's like they paid a million dollars for a sports car and then turned around and sold it for twenty-five grand, right? Because they spent two firsts to Jacksonville to get him, and then they turn around and trade him away for a third, and he's not dropped off. He's gotten better each and every year with them. So um, I know they want to move asset or, you know, liquidate some of their assets and stuff, but uh, I just thought that was kind of weird that they sold him so cheaply. I mean, as good as he is, I, I felt like somebody in the league would have, because he, he's pretty close to a shutdown corner. I mean, just kind of my thought on it. No, oh, yeah, it's a, interesting, you know, like, like Tripp said, they're playing fantasy football with their roster. And it's fun for all. It's fun for all of us to sit back and watch and, and see how it works. And they got their ring. So um, another trade happened here. And cap. I'm high. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead, Trip. Yeah, I was just looking at his dead cap. Like hypothetically, he's thirty-five million dollar dead cap. They already his contract oh, wow. has already updated it for his his Dolphins situation. So I can't tell exactly what it would have done to the Rams, but. That's just when you have that kind of dead cap, you just you just can't get a lot, you know. That's why it's yeah. a third round pick. Yep, yep, yep. No, absolutely nailed it, right? Because it's your 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 bargaining power goes away with that cap, that dead cap. It's it's mm-hmm. talented guy, but yeah, that's a that's a big number that's that you got to eat for sure. Um, another uh, trade here. 
the Jets acquired safety Chuck Clark from the Ravens for a 2024th seven seventh round pick. So a next year seventh. Um, so that trade news, but the biggest news out of that trade would be like free Kyle Hamilton, um, as far as the IDP community is uh, is is rejoicing about. So, um, what, what's your guys' take on is Clark worth anything on the Jets? Or are we even more excited about Hamilton? What uh, what do you guys think? What do you think, Trip? Well, I think for real football, Clark is a good fit on the Jets. Yeah, I think he makes yep. their defense yep. because they were worth trotting out five foot nine, hundred and seventy yes. pound Marcus Joyner, Marcus Joyner. safe. Yeah. It's really limited what they could do in disguise yeah. and coverages because they couldn't obviously bring him up to play in the box. And they want to use those safeties more interchangeably there between yeah. Whitehead and, and Clark. So I think they those two guys kind of cancel each other out in terms of fantasy assets. So, yeah, the kind of, the news there is obviously that Kyle Hamilton, after not playing full-time last year and kind of disappointing some folks, is obviously going to step into a full-time role this year for sure. Yeah, no, I'm- I'm excited. I know Hollywood. You're you're a Hamilton truther, buddy. You're, you you've you've loved him since the college days. If you can hear me, yeah, yeah, okay. I hear you. Um, okay. I'm just waiting for y'all to get done, so I don't talk over you. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, I tried to tell everybody last year when they were freaking out, right? And because yep. he wouldn't get in the playing time or whatever, and they started moving him like just. Just hold on. Just yeah, it's going to happen. Because we heard this last year, right? They wanted to move Clark last year. There was trade rumors around him last year, and it just didn't, for whatever reason, it just didn't quite happen, right, because of the cap number. So I wasn't surprised that they traded Clark this year, but I think he's a great fit in New York. Um, he's going to replace – I don't know that he replaces Joyner, but he's going to be a big part for a seventh-rounder. That's a steal, right? I mean, he can play in the box. He can cover. Uh, he can do a little bit of everything for you. Um I could see them even cutting Jordan Whitehead and saving some money because I think that I think I read that saves like seven and a quarter against the cap if they cut him. So they could cut him and be to pair with Clark. Um, but yeah, the the big thing is yeah, free Kyle Hamilton because you saw flashes of it late last year, right? So mm. I think this year you're you're really going to see him take off, and so hopefully everybody held on to him. Mm-hmm. And didn't uh, didn't panic and get rid of him, or either they held on to him, or you were able to get him cheap, and now you're gonna um, reap the right. rewards, right? That's always the <laughs> funnest thing to do in those situations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, another def- uh, defensive back trade: the Cowboys acquired cornerback Stephon Gilmore from the Colts for a 2024 fifth round pick. And before that, before Ramsey went to Miami, the I'd seen rumors about the Cowboys being in on Ramsey, which Jerry Jones was going to do something right. He, he was going to get a, a, a corner. Um, so uh, he goes and gets Gilmore from the Colts, which makes sense because the Colts are where they're at right now and get what you can. And and uh, is this? What do you guys think of this move? Well, that's another one, just like we said with the Dolphins a minute ago, it just makes the defense better and strengthens yeah. the, the pass rush situation. They were trotting out Anthony Brown last year, and yep. he got hurt. And he was, in my opinion, always a liability. That's why he was such a good IDP, because he was easy to target. And he made a lot of tackles after the catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think Stephon Gilmore would be quite that much of an asset. Uh, Gilmore is not a great IDP asset because he's a good cover corner, <laughs> right? <Exactly>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> good player. Uh have been a really good player but yeah idp wise um yeah not great <laughs> um last piece yeah, of news played a career half last year that shocked me i was stunned that that number was that high 
What's that? We get the first part cut out. His snap count. I said he played a career high. Yeah, his snap count was a thousand sixty four last year. Career high. I was stunned at that. With that high. I didn't realize that as well. Yeah. Yeah. No good. Hey, good move for the Cowboys. Yeah, I think so. Yep, absolutely. IDP wise, doesn't move the needle like we said because he hasn't really been um, a great IDP asset even in corner leagues. But that's because he's he can cover. Um, Last piece of news. This is big NFL wise. And um, Trip was this was this uh, something you added to the, or was this a Hollywood edition? No, a Hollywood edition. Hollywood edition because it fits it fits well for you here. Um, <laughs> the Chicago Bears traded the first overall pick to the Carolina Panthers for the ninth overall pick, DJ Moore plus more. Um, what impact does that trade have in the NFL draft? And does it have any impact IDP wise? Question mark. Um, first off, Trip as a Carolina fan, um, right? Car- Carolina insider tip here. What, what, what were your thoughts when the trade went down? Uh, my, my, that that was like the fantasy. I just saw it was a huge trade in one of my leagues today, and there's I almost jumped in there and said, "Dude, this is the Scott Fitterer of our league because he gave up just <laughs> such a freaking boatload to get move up to the 102." And I'm like, <laughs> "Scott Fitterer is just giving up picks left and right, man." It's like, "Come on, Mo." Yeah, I mean, it's just such an overpay. But I, you know, then again, yeah. I guess the Bears kind of hinted that it was going to take an overpay because I don't know if they really were on the fence in terms of whether or not they ought to stick with Fields or deal Fields and try to pick Bryce Young or something, but. Um, it's certainly their minds were made up for them. And if, if with that offer, I mean, how, how do you turn it down? That was such right. it was just a huge offer. I mean, so many assets there it was like, I think it was a 24 first was involved. Yep. yep. The ninth overall pick DJ yep. Moore. I mean, I, I think DJ Moore is really good. I could be biased, but I think DJ yep. Moore is worth the first. I think he's a really good player. He's still yep. like 25 years old. And I would, you know, I was just going to say that um, you're not biased. I, I think <laughs> DJ Moore is a really good player and he's not old. And mm-hmm. Justin Fields needs, you know, if you're going to roll with them, you need to get him some pass catchers. Um, and DJ, I think, you know, they went, sure, they went and got Chase Claypool last year, whatever, but like DJ Moore's a get, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um, now they have, you know, him, if, if Claypool turns out, if he ever gets to what we had always hoped, um, we saw the glimpses early on with them. And then, you know, Darnell Mooney comes back healthy because he can stretch the field for you. Um, you know, Darnell Mooney's always shown that speed and route running ability to get open. It was just guys getting on the ball. And then, you know, we just unfortunately get to see that develop as uh, as the season went on because he was injured. But, um, yeah, it, I'm with you. It, Chicago said it was going to take a haul, and it, it took a haul. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what the other teams were, were coming in with, but Carolina made it known they wanted the pick. Um, Daryl, yeah. you put – go ahead. What do you think? Well, you know – when I put this question, you know, what impact is on the draft, you know, especially IDP wise, I think it kind of shuffled the IDPs down a notch or two, right? Because the Bears, if they kept fields, there was a good chance they were looking at Carter, who is sliding, and we'll, we can talk about that. But, you know, Will Anderson, there was a good chance that an IDP could go first overall. And now with, with Carolina moving up, you know, they're likely taking a quarterback. Uh, you've got Houston taking a quarterback. Arizona is probably contained, but you got three of the top four now that's definitely going to be quarterbacks to where 
it was a little questionable before. So um, I just think it kind of shuffled the IDPs down a little bit. So I was just curious on your guys' thought on it. Well, I would say that um, the Bears just desperately need a, a pass rusher, an edge, yep. and it's specifically yeah. an edge defender. I mean, I, I'm looking at a pro football focus mock draft right now. They have Jalen Carter there, which is interesting. But you look at who they have at edge. They, they just signed Demarcus Walker for a interesting yes. contract. They've yes. got Travis Gimson, who I'm not a fan of. They've got yeah. Dominique Robinson, who's a fifth rounder at a project. Boy, do they need pass rushers. Yep. And I, I'm wondering if a guy like Tyree Wilson would fall to nine, such that they could pick him up. <clears throat> Yeah, no, I. That's a great point. They, that that was that's what I'm looking at too. They moved back to nine. They desperately need pass rush help. Travis Gibson hasn't, you know, really been anything much. And um, yeah, they, they just got Demarcus Walker. Dominic Robinson's an interesting player. I kind of liked him coming out of Miami, Ohio. But he's a wide receiver convert. He's a tall, long build. Athleticism's obviously there as a former wideout. It's gonna take time. Maybe maybe he, you know, we saw some flashes there a little bit. You know, maybe he develops. Maybe he doesn't. But you know. Like you said, Trip, they they need a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if they're sitting at nine, do they try to go up to get you know where does Will Anderson fall? Arizona sitting at three. Um, you know, Jalen Carter, you know, was them two were pushing each other for the first, you know, defensive IDP coming off the board. And Jalen Carter's dealing with all kinds of stuff right now. Um his workout pro day didn't didn't go very well. Um it sounds like a, I must have substituted him for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. So they, like, yeah, it's just not, it's not been great for Carter. And, um, you know, so Arizona, it, it, it looks like that's Will Anderson pick, right? Or, you know, we, they could go outside the box. Who knows? You know, maybe they go Tyree uh, Wilson. But um, so, it, you know, where does Miles Murphy fit in? I, I'm a big Miles Murphy fan. I know you are, Trip. Um, mm. I think him and Wilson are different. Obviously, Wilson's kind of a uh, – he's a big guy with long arms. He's kind of a different eval, and I think Murphy's more explosive, and he can – he's – I think he's good running stunts, and he's just – he's a disruptor. Um, so, I, I'm just curious what – the glaring need at pass rusher, and Chicago sits at nine. Does one of those – do they wait and slip? Are they worried about Atlanta ahead of them? Who needs pass rush help? Atlanta's at eight. They need pass rush help. Are they worried about them? Are they targeting one of these other guys? You know, um, Detroit's mocked with a lot of corners. Does yeah, what does Detroit do? Who knows? Um, it, yeah, like you said, Hollywood. With the question, it shakes it up a bit. Um, the quarterbacks. You got Carolina at one, Houston at two, Indianapolis at four. Does somebody come up? You know, um, it things things are changing by the day here with with mm-hmm. all the news coming out, and, and this trade shook it up as well. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. The NFL drafts fun and. And uh, it's especially fun when you play both sides of the ball and try to figure out where these guys are going to land. That's right. When most of the picks matter, it's a whole lot more fun than you're sitting <laughs> yes. there waiting 10 to 12 picks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> Hollywood, you got anything else or should we, uh, we, we transition to the main event here? Uh, yeah, we can go right on. because I think we've got quite a bit to talk about. So just let it roll. All right, yeah, so we are going to hit the main event, and our main event this week is the crazy IDP for H and Frenzy and Frenzy and reactions with our buddy Trip. Um, we talked about it early in the show here. Um, offensively, you know, the beginning of free agency, 
people weren't too excited for fantasy purposes, but if you played IDP, you were excited right off the bat because as soon as legal tampering hit, right? Like Trip said it before the show, we were talking right up until midnight, it, it, fireworks were going off for us. So, um, yeah, we got a lot to cover. So uh, I think we'll we'll lead it off with the linebackers. Um, right away, there there was a team that spent a lot of money at, at linebacker, and that was the Chicago Bears. They addressed the position in a big way. They, uh, they signed TJ Edwards first. Um, Ed, TJ Edwards got a three-year, $19.5 million deal with $12 million guaranteed. And then the the biggest – correct me if I'm wrong, the biggest contract that was handed out was a Tremaine Edmonds, right? Um, linebacker, yeah. At, line, at linebacker, yes. And uh, Tremaine Edmonds then, they, they went and got Tremaine Edmonds on a four-year, $72 million deal with $50 million guaranteed. So the Bears, you know, the the Jack Sandbar question loomed Right before all off, well, we'll call it off season, but it wasn't off season. It was post Super Bowl season, leading up to free agency. On Jack Sanborn came, Roquan Smith got traded. Jack Sanborn emerged. Well, the IDP questions were always: Is Sanborn going to be a thing? And we're like, well, we got to see if he can hold off free agency, and um, then the draft. But you know, we'll see how much they want to allocate towards the linebacker position, and they uh, they, they allocated quite a bit. Let's say, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so they get Edwards and they get Tremaine Edmonds. Um, Trip, what, what's your thoughts here on on getting these two guys and how they fit? Well, first of all, I, I don't obviously agree with trying to see how much money you can spend a linebacker, especially yes. when you're a team like the Bears, who has yeah. so many needs and is a young team and needs to develop players <laughs> at pass rusher and offensive line. And I'm a build the trenches guy, so. Mm-hmm. But that said, being what it is, we have these two guys that are accomplished NFL players going to play linebacker. I'm expecting the Bears to play an awful lot of conservative zone because they just that Jalen Johnson's a decent cornerback, but Kyler Gordon struggled last year. I'm really hoping they move him back outside, just leave him out there and figure out something else for nickel. Uh, they've got. Um, you know, say is Eddie Jackson going to be healthy for Week One? I can't remember what his injury was, but um, I'm honestly he, not sure either. Okay. And Jaquan Brisker looked yeah. pretty good, but I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see them play just an awfully conservative zone and rely on these two linebackers just to cover a lot of space in the middle of the field, especially Tremaine Edwards with the with the speed that he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think what the big question is for IDP is well, how does the how, how does the statistical how do the stats break down between these two guys? Because if you look at last year, the middle linebacker was the guy that was cleaning up. The both it was both Roquan Smith and then Jack Sanborn was piling up numbers in that spot. Mm-hmm. And the weak side linebacker Nick Morrow was just inefficient. And dude, now it was Nick Morrow, so that could be the entire explanation yep. with Tremaine Edmonds in the Nick Morrow role. That you know, and what was described, you know, by uh, one of our football guys, uh, Christian Williams, is like they were looking for a guy to take on the. Shaq Leonard role in this defense. Yep. And if that's the case, well, then Tremaine Edwards could have Edmonds could have just enormous uh fantasy upside because for the bill, he was a perennial disappointment as a statistical mm-hmm. producer in Buffalo for all yep. those years. And now he comes to a different defense. And there this could be a guy that's almost like a post-hype sleeper in a way, even though he's a former first overall pick. Is he's been in the league for five years, has not ever, I don't think, come close to cracking the top 12 linebackers of fantasy. And so I was interested to see what y'all think. I mean, do y'all think that he's suddenly going to be a guy that you would target as a top 12 linebacker in fantasy drafts? Um, yeah, I, I've always um, tried to be positive about Tremaine Edmonds' outlook as, throughout the years of the Bills. Um, because I liked him coming out. He was a big, long, athletic linebacker. He was so young coming out. and um, But, yeah, like you said, Tripp, he's never sniffed the top 12, right? And he's been borderline LB2. You know, um, 
but he's been consistent. You know, if, if you, he gave you a floor every week, you kind of knew what you were getting. But I'm I'm intrigued um, to see in a new system if he does get more of the Shaq Leonard role, like you said we were talking about in the in the, in the football guys chat. Um, I I am a little curious to see what he can do. I I just remember at Virginia Tech he he made more plays behind the line. He had double digit um, tackles for loss in college his last two years, and I'm just curious to see if we get a little bit more out of him. Um, if they paid a lot for him, you think you want to get creative with a guy that's still what 25 years old. Um, he's big, he's fast, he's athletic, he's long, you know, he can drop in zone too, but I think you, you can get a little more out of him in the splash play categories too. So I'm intrigued. I mean, I, I'd pay, I'd, I'd pay to find out. <laughs> I'd pay a fair value for him to All find right. out, you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've always yeah. been kind of a Tremaine truther. Um, and I, I am intrigued to see him do something hopefully different, a, a different role maybe in, in somebody I could get. to pay that much money, man. I, I would think you want to utilize his full skill set. I think there's a little more to get out of him. So, yeah. What you Darryl? think, Yeah. I mean, it's definitely worth finding out, right? Um, I think that one of the key things is he's not going to have to carry the defense. I don't think, I, th- I think that's going to be more TJ Edwards in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edmonds, you know, his – what was it, his sophomore – or sophomore, his second year in the league, he peaked at nine. For the last three years, he's went down. Even last year, he was down to 760 snaps. But his numbers got a little better. He was better defensively. You know, his tackle numbers stayed right there. So, I think he's a player that you can not play as much, and he's going to be just as effective or maybe more effective. And you pairing him with Edwards, I like it. Um I was crushed that it killed the, the Sanborn um, <laughs> train, but um, uh, but yeah, I, I think maybe they run some more of this like a four-two-five, you know, front four with those two linebackers. Uh, maybe they run a four-three with you know Sanborn kind of kicking out in one of the spots. So, um, but yeah, I, overall I, I like it. I, I'm kind of like you, Trip. I thought that was a little much to pay, but. I guess in today's market, that's what you got to do if you want those guys. So, so if you're in redraft, who are you taking first, Edwards or Edmonds? Hmm? I think I'm taking Ed- Edwards. Edwards. That was okay. That was some great timing to cut in and out there. Stopped <laughs> at Ed, was it Edwards? Ed, pause. Words. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Edwards. I, I think I would take Edwards <laughs> over Ed. Suspense yeah. for the podcast listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I definitely take Edwards. I think. I think he's closer to LB one type production than Edmonds is, as far as the. T- Tackles and stuff goes now. The bigger points, but what you think, Kyle? Um, I, I hate, I hate to. I think, I think, uh, I think Edwards is the the safer tackle number. Like, I think you know what you're going to get. And I think Edmonds could be the better value in drafts because mm-hmm. you know everybody's mm-hmm. down on him. Um, yeah. I mean, if I had to take one, if I'm talking like, I, I need you need to take your LB two here. You know, I would take Edwards because I'd feel more comfortable getting that steady meat and potatoes tackle production on Edwards. Because, like Trip mm-hmm. said, that middle linebacker role is super productive. We've seen it, um, but I, I could see myself in re- right. redraft getting Edmonds because you know 
I think Edwards might get more of the shine and I'll, I'll still, I still got hope for Edmonds. So <laughs> how about you trip? Yeah, I'm with y'all on Edwards. You just got to take the tackle floor mm-hmm. at this point. But if this was a better defense, I could see the argument for Edmonds getting more yeah. in last place. It's true. The de- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that's a great point. The defense overall isn't isn't overly strong. And yeah, like you nailed it right away. We we saw that the the middle role is just prime for tackle production. And if I'm if I'm if I need that, if I want that steady, I, you know, that I want that, that production, I want Edwards for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, another um, popular, another popular signing, a guy we, a lot of people were waiting to see where he would fall is Bobby Okarike. The Giants signed him for a four year, $40 million deal with 22 million guaranteed. Um, it was a pretty foregone conclusion. Dare I say that the Colts weren't bringing him back from a lot of the things that were coming out um, with, with uh, what they had invested in Darius Leonard and he didn't have an out and Zaire Franklin popped up and he's making way less money. Um, And the giants badly needed linebacker help and Okariki landed there. Um, Is, 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 are you excited about this, this move trip? Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I haven't done any rankings yet, but I think he's going to be pushing LB one territory for rankings. You know, I just, it's, you couldn't ask for a better spot. And whoever they trotted out there last year was productive. They brought in Jalen Smith for a while. Yes. He was productive. <laughs> I don't remember who was there before that, but, you know, because Blake Martinez. Jay Crowder. Jay you know. Crowder. Jay Crowder was usable trip for exactly, a while. Exactly right. Yeah, Mr. Irrelevant from a couple <laughs> yeah. of years ago. And yeah. yes, that's the classic case of uh, you don't necessarily have to be a good football player to be good yeah. IDP fantasy yeah. guy. <laughs> yep. Yep. As, uh, as Jake Colhagen said, shout out Jake. Um, we were doing the, uh, the IDP crash course thing tackles sometimes just happen to guys. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that was take Crowder. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. I, right. I'm with you, man. I'm excited about Okariki for the giants. They've, Need, you know they they needed something man you know um i i you know i liked michael mcfadden on indiana but you know day three guy um darren beavers got hurt you know there was we were always excited about those guys because of the role we just we wanted we wanted somebody to step up and take take with that role and be productive for us and those were a couple guys that you know had a little upside but this is this is what we wanted right we wanted one of the one of our guys that we're excited for in free agency to fall there and I'm with the trip. Like I'm, I'm pumped about Okariki. I just got him in a best ball, um, as my LB one. I think he nice. was my LB one. No, I got him in Greenlaw back to back, or something. So, um, oh, wow. Yeah. So I was, I was pretty pumped. I, had, I don't. I, I honestly, I think that might be my only Okariki share. So I'm, hmm. I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> but uh, Hollywood, you, uh, you in on Okarike as well? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm definitely in more than I was. Right? Um, you know, the whole thing with with Darius Leonard, because I'm not calling him Shaq Leonard. I'm just not going to do it. But the whole thing with <laughs> him, you know. Refuse. Be, I refuse. But, you know, with him being hurt, there was some question marks there, what they were going to do. And I think Zaire Franklin played so well last year. And like you said, he's he's so cheap that it kind of made Okariki expendable. And you got also got EJ Speed, who they brought back. He played well last year, too. For, as the third guy, right? They brought him back, and I think those two with with Leonard, somebody had to go, and Okariki, of course, was going to cost more money than the other two, and I think that's kind of that would kind of seal the deal, right? The writing on the wall: we can keep these two guys and let you go and save a lot of money, 
and put them with Leonard, and, I, and that's kind of where they went with it. So, But, yeah, as far as him in New York, I'm loving it. I, and I'm with Tripp. I think that's – I think that definitely – I've not done rankings either. I think that, that he's definitely worth considering up in that era. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you guys bring up a good point talking about rankings. Like, they're they're getting a shakeup, hey, after free agency. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, they're getting. Uh, I'm I'm holding off to uh, before I update mine because there's so much going on. Um, it's an excellent mm-hmm. point. Um, we talked about Eric Kendricks getting cut, and he found a home in free agency. Um, Eric Kendricks signed with the Chargers on a two year deal for thirteen point two five million. Um. I like this spot for Kendricks. I got a soft spot for Kendricks. Um, he's been – I've drafted him in one of my dynasty leagues, and he's going to be one of them guys that will die on my roster, as they say, because uh, he's it's been solid ever since he was a rookie for me. And he's kind of – you know, his tackle numbers went up towards the end, even though his uh, play kind of has, you know yeah. – Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which is kind of wild, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so – and also after the Chargers signed Kendricks, I had seen that that basically meant they were out on the Drew Tranquil sweepstakes, mm-hmm. um, who's another name we're waiting to see fall here in free agency. But I, I like this spot for Kendricks. It's a nice spot for him. Um, and I think he should be just fine there yeah. for the Chargers. Uh, you agree, Trip? Or do you? Have I a- do. Yeah, yeah, I think you know. Speaking of Rankins, I think that I will have Kendricks at Okarike. Uh, Tranquil okay. just put up numbers. You know, yeah, just yeah. huge numbers last year. And yeah. you know, Kendricks is as good as he used to be. But right. I don't know if y'all remember, but like five, six years ago, there used to be this narrative about Kendricks is he can never be an LB one. And I was like, yeah. why exactly? And the reason why is because the Vikings were good every year. He didn't get a lot of snaps. <laughs> And yeah. all of a sudden they started to decline and his, you know, he's, he did play well for, you know, 2019, 2020, but his yep. numbers started to go up because the defense was on the field more. Well, the Chargers defense, every year there's talk about how good it'll be. And we kind of still waiting for it to come together. Yeah. Uh, and so Trank will put up huge numbers. He's the only full-time linebacker in that defense last year. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a defense that um, that you know, safeties are back a lot, and uh, yeah, they do rotate down to the box. But it's I think it's a great opportunity for for any linebacker really, and for Kendricks has the track record of, of being productive in a spot like that. So I think this it's a good spot for him for sure. I, he could be one of those undervalued guys because he got cut. People aren't really appreciating that he probably is still going to play full time and put up numbers. Yeah, it, I mean, scream screams value to me in, in redraft, right? Yep. Yeah. I dig yep. it, man. Hollywood, you on board or? Um, yeah, my only issue with him is his coverage last year was really not where it had been before, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, not that he was the best. Co- I think in coverage last year, you could kind of see he dropped off quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. and and you can scheme around that a little bit if you've got the right players. So. Um, and what they're wanting to do is just be a tackler anyway. So I, I think he fits with the, with the Chargers. So we'll see how it works out. But, yeah, I'm on board with it. Right on, man. We're all, we're all happy to see Kendricks get a land with a nice soft landing, right, after uh, all those productive years for Minnesota. Um, this next signing was one of my absolute values of free agency and a guy that I, I have a tons of shares of and for good or bad – I have him, but uh, the Miami Dolphins signed David Long to a two-year, eleven million dollar deal. Um, when all these other big deals were big money deals were going down, David Long came in. Um, I thought at a nice value for Miami. Um, 
I was curious if your Titans would bring him back, Daryl. Um, they didn't, and he's going to get a shot uh, playing for Vic Fangio. So, um, Trip, what do you think of the? Are you in, are you excited about David Long in Miami at all? Uh, you know, it's 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 a little bit like the Panthers in that we've got two linebackers there, and I just don't know which one to put a chip on between Roy yeah. Baker <laughs> and David Long. It's like, and one thing I I like to pay attention to to salary to numbers. Yes. So it's easy yep. to get excited about landing spots, but you look at all these people who are getting excited about James Robinson and Rashad Penny yeah. and yep. you know some of these other guys that are making three million dollars. You're just like, those are not starting salaries, you know, yep. starting player salaries. And so you look at David Long. And he's making five and a half a year. That's pretty fringe. Yes. And so it's just, I do wonder. I mean, I think the the narrative that we're seeing out there, oh, it's because he's injury prone. Yeah. I've I, I never been much of okay. a subscriber to the idea that people are injury prone. Unless you can point to me something pretty specific. I just, I just, I'm not eager to buy, to buy into that narrative. So I just don't know who's going to be the league. It's possible they both are. The Vic, Vic Fangio is the defensive coordinator this year. He's, he has has had years where he's playing two full-time linebackers all right. the time. So, yep. And last year, well, I guess Fangio wasn't there last year, but it was still largely his defense. I mean, Josie Jewell put up insane numbers last year. Yep. But it was partly because there was one linebacker on the field a good yep. bit of the time. So yep. um, it's hard to really make sense of this. Well, I think there's certainly some upside for Long. But there's some downside too. It's one of those wide range outcome situations. No, I think that's a really good point. I I wear the rosy colored glasses when it comes to David Long because I've always just been a fan of his game. You know, he's a smaller linebacker and stuff, but I I think he's, I I, I think he's good, just a good overall linebacker. He's he he sees it well. He, he's slippery, he's sneaky, he gets to his spots. He's he's fine in coverage. Um, and I'm just not a Jerome Baker fan, so that's why I probably lean towards Long. But you bring up a good point, right? Um, not making a crazy amount of money either, right? They didn't like it's on a massive commitment. It's pretty fringe. And um, yeah, that Fangio defense, is it gonna be too full time or or not? You know, I, I I guess I'm always gonna lean David Long because I am kind of a truther and I have a ton of shares. So that's not I, I'm the optimist in his corner, but I do see the uh I see the other spectrum of like it could not be, right? So um I I thought I thought that I thought it was a deal, but is that was when all these massive contracts were coming in as well. So obviously something along these lines of a fringe deal, like you said, drip is going to look like a deal, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's easy to make it look that way when Tremaine Edmonds just got 72 million mm-hmm. and, and long comes in after, but um, no, it's a great point. Um, and it's, you know, like you said, it's uh it's a big shift there in Miami and philosophy too. You know, Fangio's a conservative guy compared to, compared to what they were doing, right? Um, everybody is, right? <laughs> Literally everybody. Except for Wick Martindale, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wick Martindale's the only guy that can touch the cover zero, send the right. house every time. So uh, to say to say he's a conservative would be compared to what they had is is a pretty pretty much a fucking understatement, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but uh, Hollywood. What's your thoughts here? Were you hoping Tennessee would bring back David Long? I know we talked this before, and do you like Long in Miami at all? Uh, yeah, I was hoping they would, but Vrabel's down, right? He's all about this availability thing, and that's kind of something Long with the injuries kind of missed a little bit. So, I mean, it's not just Long. He's he's cleaning house with some of these injuries. But, uh, I mean, a tremendous run defender, right? Um does really he's got pl- um, plus pass rush abilities, uh, so he's going to add you there, and he and he does well in coverage. So I think you get him in Miami, 
I think he with with Nick Fangio. I think he's going to excel, and I could see him and Baker just being the two guys, right? Just run two guys because they don't have Kyle Van Noy anymore. So um, maybe that's what they run with is just a two linebacker set down there. And I think with those two, they can kind of do a little bit of everything and, and do it pretty well. So um, yeah, I, I, I like it down there for him. Right on, man. Um, this this next signing uh, was interesting. Um, the uh, the Falcons signed Caden Ellis to a three year, twenty one and a half million dollar deal with eleven million guaranteed. Um, personally, I didn't realize Ellis's market would be would be this. Uh, I I think me and Trip talked about it a little bit in our, in our chat um, and in base camp there uh, with football guys. I I was a little uh, surprised. I mean Ellis. Um, you know, he played a little on the edge. He, he played um, off ball when uh, when Werner was down. And he was a waiver guy last year, right? He stepped in and did just fine for you if you picked him up and you needed a guy when he was getting full-time snaps. Um, I knew he was going to be a free agent, but when I saw this number, I, it, it kind of surprised me. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what to think. I mean, I, I like Trey Anderson in Atlanta, and it seems like they do. And it seems like they like Caden Ellis if they're going to pay him three years, twenty-one million with eleven guaranteed. So, um, Trip, what, what what did you think? Did you did you see this market for Ellis? Um, no, no, I, th- yeah. I think it's a situation where you got Ryan Nielsen came okay. over from New Orleans. <laughs> and he, uh, yep. he was co-defensive coordinator in New Orleans last year, and I was yep. the lead defensive coordinator in Atlanta. And I just think that he just earmarked this guy's. This is a guy that we need to go get, and the the Falcons have so much cap space that they're just like, all right, we'll just. We'll just be in a bidding war with New Orleans. I'm just guessing that the two teams just bid him up. You know, it's like, you think so, it was a two team bid more. I do. I, I mean, like, I mean, it's such a curious yeah. player, and it's not yeah. like y'all were saying. I mean, he's he's an off ball linebacker, but he played a good bit on the edge. He was like mm-hmm. the most efficient pass rusher, I think, of all yeah. off ball linebackers. It's like so he's an odd character, and that that's not really you know that was that was popular 20 years ago, but you know it's not something that people typically chase these days. So it's a really interesting player, and it's got to be a situation where those two teams just bid it up. Uh, so it's I think it's an interesting fit overall because not only is Caden Ellis the most prolific pass rushing off ball linebacker, but they also have Lorenzo Carter, who they brought back, and I didn't mm-hmm. see that coming. They yep. brought back Lorenzo Carter for like two nine million million over two years. Lorenzo Carter played more covered snaps than any edge defender. And so he's got that. Yeah, that juxtaposition on the same team. And they have no legitimate defensive ends. So you look at, um, uh, you know, what Ryan Nielsen has done over his career. He's got very little experience as a a defensive coordinator. He was Mm -hmm. co defensive coordinator for the Saints last year. He was the co defensive coordinator for the Northern Illinois. Huskies in 2012 in the Mac. and he was the yeah yeah and they played that was when they were good they played yep. Florida State in the Orange Bowl that year yep and so I watched yep. that whole game to see what his defense was doing and they played a whole lot of three linebacker stuff against EJ Manuel who was a first round pick that that following draft yep. uh, which is interesting and the only time he's actually coordinated his own defense was for Central Connecticut State in 2007 and 2008 so wow. I don't really know what this defense is going to look like but when I look at these parts together you've got Ellison Carter on the ends, and you've got, you know, like you mentioned, Troy Anderson in the middle. I think that he's that drop middle linebacker like Demario yeah. Davis was. I think he's it makes yep. a lot of sense there. You got Michael Walker, who seemed to fall out of favor last year, and maybe yep. he's still in contention for 
for a job. Uh, John Norton, our, our uh, head honcho there, football guys, he doesn't tweet a whole lot, but he tweeted at me that Michael Walker's still going to be in the mix. So I guess we ought to pay attention to that. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. uh, but then you got back to the defensive end case. I mean, Ryan Nielsen's experience is that 4-3, and he has that experience with Cam Jordan being that true 280-pound edge-setting defensive end. Yep. And he has nothing resembling that in, Arizona, in Atlanta. So what does he do? Well, they bring in <laughs> David Onyemata, and Dave, I don't know if y'all remember, but a couple of years ago they were experimenting with David Onyemata on the edge. Uh, it's not yeah. full time, but mm-hmm. like in a kind of a you know sub uh, sub package, you know, some special packages. So I'm wondering if this is going to be like kind of an odd front defense, or at least a fair amount of odd fronts with Grady Jarrett, Taquan Graham, and David Onyemata, and then you've got the outside linebackers in Ellis and. Um, and uh, Lorenzo Carter, and and don't forget uh, Abiketti. Abiketti is a rotate yeah, yeah, a two hundred fifty pound guy, right? Yeah, not not yeah. a defensive end. And then yeah. Troy Anderson in the middle. So it's just going to be a big messy rotation, but I think it could be really interesting to watch. That is fantastic stuff. I man, that that front makes it makes a ton. Of, I never thought that never popped in my mind one bit. But that makes a ton of sense, Trip. That is fantastic. Like. Yeah, the signing Animata, the, the Caden Ellis' skill set, right, mm-hmm. and yep. and what they have. That yeah, that's that's actually an interesting Atlanta defense. Yeah, with those pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's good stuff, man. I like that. Hollywood, Caden Ellis. Did you? Yeah, did- the, the whole. Yeah, I I don't know what to do with him. Right, I'm just kind of. I'm just kind of. I, I think I'm out on him, even though you know there's. Some appeal there, but I want to kind of see more he's used that kind of stuff. Um, like Trip said, that whole Atlanta thing is kind of a mess right now. And what if they bring back Evans, right? Who who was a monster last year in the middle of that defense? Um, so yeah, I've got to kind of see how all this plays out. But I do love the Almanyanas uh, signing for them. Yeah, I think we need to keep an eye on that odd front um, situation. As 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 we yep. get more tea leaves here, as things go on, man, that's a really interesting trip. I love it. That's good stuff. Um, the Jets uh, resigned Quincy Williams to a three-year, eighteen million dollar deal that maxes out at twenty-one million with incentives. Um, you know, Williams was uh, day two pick. Was he a third-round pick for Jacksonville? Yeah, third I round believe. Pick. I was pretty yeah, sure the ESPN it, had no footage of because they were shocked. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Yes. Um, yeah. And then you know he uh, fell out of favor in Jacksonville and just emerged in a big way here with the Jets. Um, I mean, just a complete one eighty from what what he had started his career as, and uh, he cashed in. Um, so. You know, uh, they, they they keep their guy, and, and it looks like he'll be right back to his role. You know, it's the it's the the same personnel, him and Mosley, the same same coaching staff. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's um, and, you know, as you said, Trip, um, something I, I always follow along, like since you always bring it up, is follow the money, right? Guaranteed money, what's it worth? It because that means a lot, and mm-hmm. it's a pretty good payday for Quincy Williams. Yeah. Well, I would I would put out a hypothesis that there is a zombie linebacker type in the NFL, which is <laughs> yes. guys that we left for dead that keep playing, and people <laughs> IDP gamers don't realize have real fantasy value. They don't draft them, but they just keep producing. They keep playing yeah. full time. They're not LB ones, and never will be. But they're guys that can you you know LB three type numbers that can keep you afloat. That it just costs nothing. So you've got yeah. Alex Anzalone. 
Quincy Williams and Christian Kirk <laughs> yeah, won't go away. <laughs> it's like we keep like almost hoping that they're replaced by a more exciting player. You know, <laughs> we were calling guys like Jamie and Sherwood, who was drafted the fifth round as a safety yep. from Auburn, more exciting, right? But no, yep. it's Quincy Williams. <laughs> yeah. Uh Sherwood and then uh Nastral Dean from Florida oh, yeah. State, right? Yeah. The mm-hmm. uh the, the big safety converts and it was right. Quincy Williams the whole time. The zombie. <laughs> yeah. That's that's great. That is great. Um Another, since we're talking resignings, another uh, resignee, the Bengals resigned Jermaine Pratt to a three year, $21 million deal. Uh, Pratt receives $10.35 million a year one and $15.15 million over two years. Um, were you guys surprised that, that they uh, brought Pratt back? A little. Yeah. yeah he he did finally bit. start to show up a little bit this yep. year. Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, I you know it's it's easy to make have judgments on a lot of that defense because of what they did. They were so bad four years ago, mm-hmm. but um, once they started to play better, I think that it, it was a rising tide. Was, I think linebackers particularly prone to the rising tide effect. That's a great point. Hollywood, were you were you surprised Pratt came back, or that, that they brought Pratt back? Yeah, at that yeah I was. Number? Okay, yeah. I was. I, I thought, I thought they would maybe let him, you know, see what they he could get um but you know he's mainly a that third linebacker right mm-hmm. uh kind of that borderline second linebacker for him um but he, where he stood out last year was really in coverage right and we hadn't seen that from him the first three years of his career he'd just been more of that i don't want to say two down guy but that's kind of where he was excelling at and then last year his coverage skills really took off i mean he graded i'm looking at pf They've got him over nine before that. He was 49, 64, and 47. So it's like he almost doubled what he had been doing previously. So, um, and I think that's where his value come in fancy wise, right? Because he was doing so much better in coverage. They didn't have to take him off the field in certain situations. He could stay on the field and get that volume. So, but yeah, I was kind of surprised they brought him back. I didn't think they, and if they, and if I did, I didn't think that he would get that much. So good deal for him though. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. I, I heard he had a pretty decent market from from what the rumors were leading up to free agency. Um, and yeah, I, I was a little surprised as well. Sounds like we're all all were that they, that they did bring him back. Um, yeah, we're we're just gonna stay on the resigning train here, and we're gonna talk about the most tackle efficient <laughs> linebacker in the history of the game of football, and that is Alex Singleton. Um, Denver brings back Alex Singleton on a three year, eighteen million dollar deal with nine million guaranteed. Um, Alex Singleton only needs about 30 snaps to get 170 tackles. <laughs> um, it's it's freaking amazing. The guy defies the odds. You're, you're in and you're out and is absolutely IDP relevant when we think. Is he a zombie trip? <laughs> Was he ever alive? That's what I don't I'm know. not sure what to do with him. <laughs> He's just a stiff out there. Just people are running at him. I don't know. I mean, look at, I mean, gosh, I'm looking at his numbers on Pro Football Reference right now. I didn't realize this. He's had over like 400 tackles in three years. That's insane. Like, that's just bananas. I mean, it's like, yeah. like last year, he was clearly going to be a backup, and then somehow he ends up starting a lineup and he puts up a friggin' 163 tackles. It's like, yeah. What? <laughs> it's just, I don't even know what to do with that. It's, but yeah, I mean, I think he's the second guy this year, right? I mean, we had the Jonas yeah. Griffith experiment that seemed to yep. go awry. So you've got Jonas, Josie Jewell, and this guy out there. Right. In the middle of the, 
of the uh, of the defense. So the only, the only kind of risk there is they bringing in a new defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, and yep. linebackers haven't been as as efficient of tacklers in his scheme over the last couple of years. Well, I think that Jordan Hicks was when he was there a couple of years ago. So, um, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that that was Hicks's best year. It was it was mm-hmm. kind of like the but his biggest year. Yeah. Um. So. Would that would you say that would be the uh, absolute test for Alex Singleton's crazy efficiency if he can do it and advance Joseph's defense? Or oh yeah, I mean, for hundred percent, right? We've got to give him some kind of award and take him up to that. What is that? There's that August weekend when fantasy football writers get together. After I I'll present him with some kind of award there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I I'm done counting. Alex Singleton is out. I think uh, when we did the. Um, uh, IDP draft kit last year. I think it was me that wrote him up as a bust. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah. Reasonably so. One. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You, you um, got to play to be, to not be a bust. I mean, <laughs> you know, we yeah. have this list of guys yeah. that, you know, everybody's hyped about that aren't going to play like, you know, Denzel yeah. Perriman and Logan Ryan and Alex Singleton. Well, yeah. then injuries happen and they're playing. Yeah. <laughs> so. yep. Exactly. Yeah. Me and Tripp had a giant list of guys and we were talking through them and uh, I picked Singleton and picked wrong. So, um, <laughs> Hollywood, were you were you surprised by this at all? <laughs> huh. No, not really. I mean, they didn't have a whole lot of anything else, right? Right. Like Tripp said, the Jonas Griffith didn't work. They've got Jewel, who who's the guy that I would stay with. Um, but I'm curious to what's going to happen now with the new defensive coordinator in town. So that'll right. be interesting to see. I'm kind of with you. Can he keep that up? I mean, it's – you want to say no, but he's defied odds at this point. So, yep. No, absolutely. You know. Yeah, I'm done counting him out. Like I said, I, every time I do, he just has a 25 percent tackle <laughs> efficiency number. Um, it, there was I lied. There was one more uh, three year uh, re-signing here, and it was a guy Trip just talked about. But Detroit re-signed Alex Anzalone. The definition of the zombie Trip was talking about. <laughs> Um, to a three-year, $18.75 million deal. We continually talk about how bad Alex Anzalone is, and he remains IDP relevant, and I don't see that changing. He's a zombie that's it's going to keep zombieing. What do you think, Trip? Were you surprised? Yeah, I mean, were, were you First off, were you surprised that Detroit brought him back for this much money? A little bit, yeah. I was. It's, yeah, the money too, right? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, it's starting linebacker money, right? It's like that's yeah, kind right. of that $6 million is the floor, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's a guy that obviously this defensive coordinator likes and wants to keep around. I was – you know, two years ago, Alex Anzalone lost snaps. I, I mm-hmm. Heck, I don't remember who they're putting in there. Derek Barnes was in the mix and yep. had a couple other, you know – no names that they plugged in. And then last year, Alan's out I mean, part of it's because they were in playoff contention down the stretch. So they didn't bench Alex on this only like they did in 2021, but he stayed out there. He wasn't quite as bad last year, um, but still it's like, he's what, what is he adding? Right. And so you're going to bring this yep. guy in for $18 million or whatever it is for three years. And uh, it's, it's just interesting. I mean, I guess it's just the, you know, the, the, um, the intangibles that is hard to put numbers on. I mean, maybe they really like him as a communicator and a play caller and it just, and that that's what they feel like he adds value. And so his missed tackle rate wasn't nearly as bad last year that. And so for his missed tackle rate was so bad in 2021, he averaged like he had like the lowest tackle rate per snap of, of any off ball linebacker in the NFL, like one of the lowest three, I think in 2021, because he's missed in part because he missed so many tackles. (laughs) 
And then <laughs> he's missed 38 the last two years. Yeah, 38. I, yeah. Jeez. It's just it's something else. But there he is. And I was hoping, I mean, you're kind of reaching to think that Derek Barnes or Malcolm Rodriguez is going to be a thing. But it's like it's yeah. fun to root for those guys. Yeah. And, and then just like, man, probably not. <laughs> so <laughs> Alex Anzalone is a buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl, you got uh, anything to add on Anzalone? Anzalone? I don't even know where to go here. I just, you know, it's it, I'm I'm stunned that he still has that big of a role. I just, you know, when you're missing that many tackles and and everything else, like, like Tripp said, maybe it's the numbers on right leadership and play calling and that stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, 38 missed tackles is very alarming. Uh, in a two-year span that's that's alarming over a big span right but yeah. to have it in two years that's that's kind of rough yep no it is and as trip said it's a buzzkill to uh, the rodrigo shares out there we're all we're all rooting yeah. for malcolm rodriguez and um, yeah. yeah well i mean it even hurts your yeah, yeah. if you believe in Derek barnes it still <laughs> hurts him a little bit right i mean it just ugh, yeah. i just i don't get it <laughs> yeah He's going to keep uh, zombie in, as Trip said. Um, <laughs> here was a, a, not a re-signing, but another three-year deal. Um, the Steelers signed Cole Holcomb to a three-year, $18 million deal, and they also signed Kyle Van Noy to a two-year contract. Um, yeah, Cole Holcomb to Pittsburgh, I, I'm digging it. Um, it it's uh, the, You look at Pittsburgh last year, I mean, Devin Bush hasn't worked. He's he's a free agent. Miles, the Miles Jack experiment didn't work. He just got cut, right? Mm-hmm. I believe, yep. yep. And uh, Robert Splain's uh, a journeyman type yep. depth yep. guy, right? Nice he's depth guy. Vegas. He's going to Vegas. Yep, absolutely. Yep, he's not even on the list. Good call trip. That, that's another one. Yep. Um, that sign. Um, Splain's going to Vegas, and he was kind of he kind of took over the the lead role in snaps towards the end of the year, even which you know was just kind of they were all getting split up, and I think towards the end of the year, Splain might have been leading them. Um, if I remember right, so it was kind of a hodgepodge of who the hell was going to lead the linebacker unit in snaps between three guys that were just not too excited about at the end of the year. And um, Cole Holcomb um, last year got injured, but he was coming off 142 or 43 tackle season in Washington and it was on the way up um, and unfortunately got hurt last year. And we were all buzzing about him. And uh, I, I like this spot for Holcomb. Um, Trip, what, what do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a solid LB2 here. I think there's – yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that he's a full-time player in Pittsburgh, and he's the one LB that you'll be looking for. Yeah. I dig it. So yeah, and he fits there too, right? Yeah, yeah. He's that blue collar, mm-hmm. um, give you everything he's got, right? So I think he fits in perfectly with them. Yeah. So Trip, you feel like even though they were kind of rotating snaps with those guys, and, and it was more of just a. <laughs> these guys aren't very good. We're going to see who's playing the best at the moment thing. And Holcomb's just going to hold down the role. That's that's, that was my thoughts. Um, yeah. Is that what you're seeing? I think Splain was, was out there playing more towards the end of the year. Cause they just got sick and tired of all the mistakes from Jack yeah. and Bush. And they yeah. just, let's, right. let's get another guy in here. That's going to play sound yeah. football and go with that. And Hol- Holcomb's not the best player in the world, but I think right. they was, they're tired of the mistakes. They want somebody to come in there and play sound football. Yeah. I mean, I dig that uh, totally with you there. Yeah, I'm excited about Holcomb in Pittsburgh. That's a, that's a nice spot for him. Um, Daryl, your Titans sign Aziz Alshair to a one-year $6 million contract. What do you think, buddy? Um, I like it, actually. I, I like it okay. a lot. Um, 
you know, to lose David Long and already have a thin receiving or a thin linebacker group to begin with, right? I mean, you're super thin, so you lose your leader there. Um, there was a lot of people wondering, what are we going to do? And you pick up Shair, and I think he was, what was it, one year, uh, six million. Six million. That's dirt cheap, right? Yeah. And at certain points over the past couple of years, he was the leader for San Francisco, right? When Warner and Greenlaw were missing some time there, he, he stepped right in and, and led them. I'm surprised they let him go, uh, especially if it's only going to cost you six million because I thought those three were one of the best linebacking groups in the NFL. So I was surprised they let him go. For the Titans, it's dirt cheap, right? You're against the cap. You have a position of need. And I think he's going to step in and be a tackling machine for them right away. Trip, what's your thoughts I, on that? The big here? question for me, yeah, the big question for me between this is who's the full-time guy? Mm-hmm. Could they both be? Maybe. I don't think that the Titans have had two full-time guys in quite a few years. They had Zach Cunningham and Rashawn Evans over the last several years playing kind of a, a two, two-and-a-half down type of a role where they're they're kind of in there for run defense. And what I, so the question is between Monty Rice and Aziz Al-Shir, who is the guy? And my guess, if i got to put a chip on somebody's Monty Rice is the full-time player. He's the guy that's had experience, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Daryl, with the green dot yeah. after David Long got hurt last year. And Al Shire coming yeah. in at um, you know $6 million is, again, a fringe type of a number, right? He's right on that fringe of his he's making starting starting dollars of one year and six million and he doesn't have experience with the green dot fred warner's never missed a game in san francisco uh, every time al shire's been in there it's because green has been hurt and so he's been free to go out there and make plays right. and, and run around and i think that that's how he fits and i think he fits next to a play caller who's going to hold the defense down right rice is probably going to be your play caller in tennessee mm-hmm. for sure like you said he filled in for long so and like you said, Shire's going to come in and play right beside of him, and I think that's what they want him to do, right? Mm-hmm. Just <clears throat> play loose, play free, and, and get everybody lined up. So, but I mean, at six million, when you're already cap strapped and need a position, have a position of need like that, I think it was a no-brainer for them. Really good get for them. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'm just trying to make sense as to who I would put a chip on between those two guys. Yep. I do think it's right. Yeah, but I, I don't like those black like Shire. Yeah, Rice would probably be the one since he's going to wear the dot. I'm assuming he's going to wear the dot. Um, you know, if you want to pick one, I would go with Rice, but they're both going to play a lot. Right on. Um, you guys can tell me if this moves the needle at all. The Patriots uh, resigned Mac Wilson to a one-year deal. Ooh. Mac Wilson. <laughs> okay. Trip's laughing. That tells you what I need to know. <laughs> There's the, that's the analysis analysis we're gonna we're gonna put on. So Matt you're paying Wilson. the big bucks for it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No. Yep. My thoughts as well. Um, this one definitely more exciting. Tampa Bay resigns Levante David to a one year seven million dollar contract. Um, staying home, taking a discount. Uh, I was curious if he was gonna test going somewhere else, but um, he's gonna keep doing Levante David stuff. Yep. <laughs> Not too many guys are doing that anymore. I mean, you know, you look at obviously you got the big name quarterbacks moving at the end of their careers now, but it's just not too many guys are saying, "Hey, we're just going to eat it and stick with, stick with the team that brought us in." It's, it's really interesting. I uh, was Gary yeah. Davenport was saying, uh, I think this is a base camp too, where I think that Levante David just had a child, so he's married. Yes. Kid. He's he's, yeah, he's, he's a Floridian. He's a Florida native, and I just. Yeah. 
you know, I guess he just decided he wanted to play one more year and he doesn't want to deal with the, the trouble of picking it up and moving it to Buffalo or wherever. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, yeah, you're right. That that they get brought up and it, yeah, like you said, easy. Just if you want to play another year, it just makes sense, right? If, if you're all settled in, just had a little one. Um, yeah, uh, David's going to keep 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 the same role <laughs> he's had for a long time <laughs> you know there for with the bucks yep. um uh last one on the long linebacker list here dallas resigns leighton vanderesh to a two-year eight million dollar contract um i wasn't sure what the hell dallas was gonna do because it's just leighton vanderesh I've, I've always been a leighton vanderesh fan a uh, fun player um he, he dealt with those tough neck injuries uh, neck injuries are you know, they're, they're brutal to deal with and they're tricky to even have an idea of what to think. Cause you know, we have no idea, right. We're not doctors or whatever. And, and you never know what, what it's going to mean for a guy's career. And Vander Ash came back in a one year deal last year and was solid. And um, they decided to bring him back in a two year, $8 million deal. And uh, trip, what do you think? Um, well, Vander Ash is, he's an interesting player, right? He was so good as a rookie. Yeah. And then he was, and then it's, Part of again, it's part of it's the rising tide thing. That defense just seemed to fall apart there. I forget the guy that they had in the deep coordinated that defense for one year. That was just a mess. Um, man, I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, but it was a guy between Dan Quinn, guy before Dan Quinn, and it was and it was everybody suffered. And it looked like Vanderesh was going to be cut, and you know, or and here he is back. He played much better last year. It was an important piece of that defense. And I really think the only thing that jeopardized the spot was Jerry Jones's attraction to stars, i.e. Bobby Wagner. And so once that kind of that 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 right. that, that threat passed, I guess it was all right, we just need to get a deal done with Vander and keep him in here. Um, absolutely. And I, I just wanted to Google it because I couldn't think of the name either. Mike Nolan. Yeah, Mike Nolan. Yeah. And yeah. and Trip, you absolutely crushed it with your analysis of Mike Nolan, because it, the note is making him the least successful defensive coordinator in Dallas Cowboys history. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's other stats here, but that's the last line. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I had I had to look up the name. I had to give it a quick goog here because I, I couldn't think of it either. Mm. So, um, Daryl, uh, Van Der Esch, what do you think, buddy? Yeah, he's he's all right. I, I think he would be gone if Wagner was a little bit cheaper. Because mm-hmm. uh, they were talking to Wagner, and I think Wagner kind of out was a little too steep price wise for them. So I think they went with the cheaper option. Yep. And they still brought in still fine. They're already Wagner. familiar. Yeah. You know, they know his issues and limitations. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, that that wraps up linebackers, everybody's favorite IDP position. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, lots to cover. Lots of good stuff, man. That, that that was that was a lot of fun. And we're gonna we're gonna hit the defensive line here. Um, first one we're gonna talk about is uh, it's a big contract, big name. Uh, San Francisco signs defensive tackle Javon Hargrave to a four-year, eighty-four million dollar deal that includes forty million dollar guaranteed. Um, Hargrave had a had a nice year for Philly. Philly had a lot of guys about to hit the market, and. It was pretty uh, pretty well thought that Hargrave wasn't coming back, um, considering what they had possibly leaving and where they were sitting with money. Um, so he signs with San Francisco. Uh, what, what, what do you think, Trip? Well, it's think about that front now. They got Nick yeah. Bosa out yeah. there, and man, I just going mm-hmm. to be a mauling of a mauler front. It's it's the deal is amazing when you think about. It. He's twenty nine years old. I'm, I'm trying to see if he, he might even be thirty by the time the season started. No, he's thirty now. 
Yeah, he just turned thirty a couple uh, last month. So that's really some kind of a yeah, deal. He's thirty for right him. now. Yeah. Yeah, I say. But um, you know, short term for IDP, I mean, it's it's if you were looking for a spot for him to maintain that kind of production, I mean, eleven sacks yeah. is a lot past, but yeah, still, yeah. it's just he's really picked it up in the last couple of years with Philadelphia after being kind of a rotational. I mean, he was stuck yep. at nose tackle in, in Pittsburgh yep. playing between Stephon Tuitt and Cam Hayward, and uh, and he would flash every time he came in as a as one yep. of those two guys were hurt. He'd look great in a full time role. Finally, gets a shot with Philly. And just you know, turned it on. I mean, just better yep. every year. He's a little banged up in his first year in Philly, but yep. and he's looking. He's got like twenty three sacks over those two, three years there in Philly. I mean, it's just good numbers. And so he, I think he's a good bet to keep, maintain that average in San Francisco. Yeah, I'm with yep. you. I, I like this. I agree. He's, oh, go ahead, Darryl. Yeah, he's who he's who they hoped Javon Kinlaw would have been, right? Because he. If you remember, they moved on from Buckner because they went with the young guy and it kind of backfired on him, right? He couldn't stay healthy, couldn't get on the field. And now you you bring in Hargrave, who I thought was potentially the second best behind Payne uh, defensive tackle in this in this uh, free agency group. Uh, Payne resigned, of course, which made Hargrave – I think that helped Hargrave, right? Once Payne was off the board, I think that put more of a premium on Hargrave and – you know, you're looking at his last two years, and he's had 50-plus tackles, 40-plus hurries, and – or sorry, 50 or more pressures, 40-plus or hurries, and over 30-plus tackles in each of those years just dominating. And like I said, if you if you go by PFF, he got better every single year. His, his pass rush, he's 62 to 68, 71, 76, 83. And then the last two seasons, 91 and 90. So his pass rush the last couple seasons. And now you're going to put him in San Francisco with uh, Nick Bosa and uh, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. And I, I just think he's going to continue to eat there. He's, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, with you guys, it's a great addition to that front. Um, and uh, they also signed Cleland Farrell on a on a, <laughs> on, a on a very minor note. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no Hargrave, uh, great spot. That that San Francisco front just gets better. A um, couple other big signings. We're gonna we're gonna put them together here, and um, one leaves and one comes to fill in the role or spot or a spot on the line that, that the guy left. Uh, but Draymond Jones signs with Seattle on a three year, fifty one million dollar deal. And then Denver goes out and signs Zach Allen to a three-year, $45.75 million deal with $32.5 million guaranteed. So Draymond Jones leaves Denver, and they bring in Zach Allen. Um, Seattle gets a nice addition to their front with Draymond Jones. Trip, what do you make of this um, kind of swap? New guy for Seattle. They bring in Zach Allen in Denver to kind of replace Draymond Jones. What do you, what do you make of that? Yeah, I think about Draymond Jones basically replaces Shelby Harris. I Shelby Harris, one yep. for one, but that was an odd situation. I thought that they just cut Shelby Harris after trading for him last year. Yeah, yeah it's uh, as far as Zach Allen and Draymond go, Jones go. It's it's almost kind of just like a swap, like you said. Yes, those two guys out of all starting interior defensive linemen were the two guys that faced a double teams the least last year. Both of those teams oh, were wow. trying to scheme them up to get them upfield. Yep. And so, and they're similar type players in that mold. And uh, so, uh, I, you know, stands the reason that, that, um, you know, well, Zach Allen, of course, follows uh, 
uh, Vance Joseph over from Arizona to yep. Denver. And then Draymond Jones uh, finds a fairly similar scheme in, in Seattle. Seattle was just a mess in run defense, which is yes. interesting to see how Draymond Jones fits in. It's part of the reason they, they shed Quint, Quentin Jefferson and, and Shelby Harris, I think, is because they were so soft up front. And so it's interesting to see how they think that Draymond Jones solves that, for which it's – it's just I struggle to follow what what Seattle do on defense. To be honest with you, so, yeah, <laughs> those guys, neither of those guys from from <laughs> fantasy prior, are priority with me unless I'm in like a true position league where like Zach Allen had that defensive tackle designation and yep. was fairly useful with that. Um, so, but it, that near not nearly as exciting as is Javon Hargrave. Yeah, no, I, I'm no. with you. Uh, Zach, Zach Allen was a nice defensive tackle in in sp- position specific leagues. I had him in a couple to start the year. He was he was he was having his best year. Um, that that's where the excitement with those guys draws, right? They're kind of versatile along the front up on the interior front, but not as like you said, not ex- as exciting as a defensive tackle as Hargrave. Um, yeah. I'm with I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I was when when I saw these signings too, I kind of just uh, scratched my head a little bit trying to trying to figure out figure it out. <laughs> Daryl, what did you think? Of, of uh, Jones going to Seattle yeah, the, Yeah, the whole Draymond, I'm not sure about. I mean, good player. Uh, I think he fits there, right? Uh, I think it fits. For me, if I'm picking one, I'm taking Allen. Uh, of course, we're kind of saying position-specific league, right? That's where these guys have the value. So if that's the type of your league you're playing in, I'm definitely take Allen. Um, I was hounding coming out of Boston College. Uh, he played pretty well in Arizona, and he's got the seal of approval from J.J. Watt, right? If you watch some of uh, J.J. Um, talking about Allen, he just kind of glean, you know, he kind of lights up a little bit when he talks about how good he can be, how, how far he's come along and what he's learned. And uh, so I think with him going with uh, Vance Joseph to Denver, I think, I think that's going to be uh, a really good – landing spot for him so i think he's going to do well up there and he and he's going to play in front of those linebackers right singleton and and jewel um Mm -hmm. they just got to get some edge help so um which i think he'll play a little bit of edge but you know you for fantasy purposes you're wanting him as a defensive tackle yeah no i'm with you you want those guys as dts right um Couple, uh couple of guys we had talked about, Trip had hit on this uh, very well when we were talking about Atlanta. Um, I'm going to jump around the sheet a little bit here, Hollywood. Um, but no, we, uh, um, we have, Trip talked about this when he was talking about what kind of front Atlanta was going to play playing that odd front, and that was Atlanta signed uh, defensive tackle David Onyemata to a three-year $35 million deal. That includes $24.5 million. Um, so we talk, kind of talked about the prospects of Onyemata, but that, there's the money. Uh, he got paid well. And they, they re-signed Lorenzo Carter to a two-year deal. Um, and so, yeah, what well, we already touched on those guys. So we're just going to talk numbers there. Um, here's an interesting, interesting one here. Uh, Minnesota brings in Marcus Davenport on a one year, $13 million prove it deal. Um, you know, I, 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 I was, uh, still optimistic with Davenport last year cause he, he had a nice finish there in, uh, in new Orleans, and I've always been a Davenport, Davenport fan, but this year was not great. And um, this was kind of – I expected a one-year prove-it deal. I wasn't sure what the amount was going to be, what the money was going to be, but I did expect a one-year prove-it deal because that's what he needs to do. Um, but uh, 
What uh, trip? What what do you think of Minnesota bringing in Davenport? And are you do you think there's any IDP value to be salvaged with him? I do. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's like part of it is, is still curious to see what happens with Zadarius Smith. You know, right, it's quite yeah, possible yeah. that all three of these guys between Smith and, and Hunter and, 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 um, and Davenport play. And we have a bit of a precedent for that with Brian Flores coordinating that defense. Now mm-hmm. was a couple of three years ago when he was in Miami, he had Emmanuel Ogba and, and um, yeah, a couple, a couple other edges. And so to me, I'm wondering if Davenport fits into that, Ogbo role. I wonder if they try to get mm, him to beef up a little bit and yeah. and you know kind of be kind of you know, more con- conventional defensive end in the hybrid front, or if they kick if they have him play more of a true outside linebacker type of a role in that or a Leo type of a role. I'm interested to see how that fits together. So uh, yeah, I think that you know DE two is is all about all you can hope for out of that. He might be yeah. more of a DE three if I'm in trying to rank guys for redraft and maybe sure. lower if it's true position, maybe more like an edge four. But uh, I think that's worth watching. I mean, this is a guy that has shown, you know, potential before uh, it's, you know, mm-hmm. can he put it together? I mean, maybe the change of scenery and a new coaching staff will really help him to realize his tools. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think that's a good point. Uh, change of scenery and Brian Flores, uh, I feel like he's a guy with a plan too right and and you and you brought up a great point too about still we, we talked about Darius smith earlier um we still don't know the the rumor is he's got he's going to be gone but until it happens right um uh daryl what do you think uh you still have any any uh aspirations on davenport's upside or uh you know i was like you i kind of had high hopes for him you know when he come out of college and everything uh, he's just been kind of hit or miss right yep um And that's not a good though. Um, like you said, maybe the change of scenery, playing with the Dale Hunter, you know, maybe that uh, that'll change some things. But if Zadarius is there, then if he stays, then that kind of roadblocks him a little bit, I think. So, um, okay. not somebody I'm actively seeking out for my rosters. Okay. Um, so uh, Philadelphia brought back a couple veterans. Uh, we'll touch on this quick. Uh, they brought back Edge Brandy Graham on a one-year deal worth up to $6 million and defensive tackle Fletcher Cox to a uh, one-year $10 million deal. Just a uh, couple of their own. You guys, um, deep leagues? Deep leagues, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Bringing a new defensive coordinator that wants to be more, you know, does not want to just have one upfield, one gap in guys and say, so, yep. Yeah, these guys are there because they want to play out their careers there, which is awesome. But um, I mean, heck, it's interesting that Brandon Graham had—I think he set a career high in sacks last year. He did, 11, yeah, eleven half sacks playing. It's crazy, forty percent of the snaps or whatever it was. Yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah, good for him. Glad to see yeah. him back. <laughs> yep. Um, Daryl. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, they want to finish their careers in Philly. Um, they were very close last year to the win in the Super Bowl, right? So yeah. I think they're coming back with, with that good of a team. I think they want to come back for one more shot at it. So I think okay. that's why you're seeing the one-year deals. But, yeah, Super Deep Leagues is probably where their value is. Yep. Um, so, uh, trip. is this your question at the bottom of the defensive lineman? Yeah. yeah okay. I was, yep. I was um, interested to see about, um, you know, we got what? four or five guys here that are all making about $7 million a year between uh, Okoronkwo and Omena, who's making 10 million over two, but that's uh, a similar scale to get, you got Arden key, Demarcus Walker, Samson, Ebucam are all making 
20 something million dollars and all these guys I mean, those are fascinating contracts to me and like you know yeah. you look at we're talking about some of these linebackers making six million and we talk about you know brandon graham making six million here are these teams investing 20 some odd million dollars into guys that are on their third and fourth teams that have been journeymen some of these guys have been cut and yet you know they did enough and they and you, you listen to those names like well what did do arden key had like four and a half sacks like that got him a twenty-something million-dollar contract in Tennessee. I was like, I just find that yeah. fascinating. So, out of all that, I mean, are there any guys that, in the group that you guys think, oh boy, that's that's the guy? Put a chip on that guy because he's going to break out. And in conventional position leagues, you're going to have to because a lot of these guys. I mean, you know, with when you're as you all, as you all know, if you play in a full eleven-man roster and you've got conventional positions, anybody, any anybody has a pulse at defensive end has to at least be monitored. <laughs> Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, in those types of leagues, right, you have to be anybody with a pulse. A warm the warm body production you're always looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, you bring up a great you bring up a great point with these names. Um, and, and like you said, Agbani Akoronko, three years, nineteen million with the max twenty two. Um, Demarcus Walker, three years, twenty one. I, I know Trip, you had said that's an odd contract when we were talking Bears and pass rusher. Um, Arden Key, three-year, $24 million from Daryl's Titans, who needed pass rush help, too. Uh, Amenihu, uh, two years, 20. Samson Ekubam, three-year, $27 million. Um, Okoronkwo, I think it's a lot of buzz because he spiked last year at the end of the year. Um, it was a waiver wire guy, yeah. and we tend, to, we tend to always remember that. And he, it's, tough to, it's tough to find pass rushers off the wire, too, that, that kind of make an impact for you. So you they kind of stick out. Um, so I think he gets – and and, you, and in the question, you bring up a great or a, a great statement here, Trip. Is there's no marquee pass rushers made to unrestricted free agency? Mm-hmm. Not, not big names, right? We're not talking about these names, and we're talking guys that in deeper leagues like Ebucam, Okoronkwo, they pop up here and there. Um, Arden Keys popped up, right? Uh, Demarcus Walker's been usable at times in deeper leagues, but not world beaters. As far as are they all twenty million dollar guys? You know, contract wise, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Do I feel confident? Put a chip on any of these guys to break out? I'm not sure. I, I don't. I, I'm not drawn to anyone. I think I know in the one best ball, Ebby Cam's a guy I'll take a swing at. I think um, in, in these best balls and maybe late in other drafts, if if, if I like the value, I'm not. I don't know that I'm like taking him as uh, edge two or edge three by any means. Um, so Yannick Agakwe is a free agent. He's gone from the Colts, right? Um, He's a pass rusher. He's not a run defender. <laughs> uh, you know, that's what he does. At all. Um, yeah, at all. Yeah, at all. He's not a run defender at all. Um, cam has got a little more juice there. Um, I know I, I read that he could play, <laughs> he could play the Leo role um, in Indianapolis. Um, there's snaps to be had for him, and we've seen him flash a little bit. You know, he, he's popped up when he's got an opportunity in San Francisco. Um I guess I'm intrigued a little. I'm not like completely going my way to get him, but I'll, I'm I'm going to take shots on Ebicam. I just took him in a best ball as my edge five ish or whatever, and um, I, I guess I take a shot at him. Okoronkwo, kind of the same thing um, in Cleveland. I, I take a shot on him, but um, man, I I don't know that I put a chip on a guy and pound the table. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you too. I think it makes me wonder. We've seen a lot of edge guys get cut, like Frank Clark got cut, and Bud Dupree yeah. got cut, and and uh, right. Leonard Floyd got cut, and it's like these guys all strike me as guys who are going to get cut in two years, even though I'm three. <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, 
No, <laughs> yeah, you're getting an argument here. <laughs> Daryl, um, any of those names um, stick out to you? No, not really. I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised that some of the contracts they got, like Trip was talking about, especially Arden Key, you know, because yep. um, he's not going to start, right? It's That's going to be Harold Landry now that he's back healthy after he missed all last year. Uh, and, and now they're going to have uh, Rashad Weaver, who did so good. So he that's going to be their two starters as far as the ends or outside linebackers, edges, whatever you want to call them. Um, more of a situational rusher, a backup role. So I thought that was a little much to pay him for that. Um, nobody really stands out. I mean, I guess if you're like we've talked about already, DWC, where it's really deep, then some of these guys might be worth a flyer. But uh, outside of that, nobody that I'm really targeting either. Right on. Um, I think to cap off this list of defensive linemen, we got some defensive tackles left here. Um, Pittsburgh resigns defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi to a three-year, $28.75 million contract. Um, Carolina signs defensive tackle Shy Tuttle to a three-year, $19.5 million deal. That includes $13.5 million guaranteed at signing. Um, the Saints signed defensive tackle Nathan Shepard to a three-year, $15 million deal. And defensive tackle Kalen Saunders to a three-year, $14.5 million deal. And then the Browns signed defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson to a four-year, $57 million deal. So Ogunjo will be back to Pittsburgh. Shy Tuttle to Carolina. Shepard Saunders to the Saints, where Tuttle came from. And then Tomlinson, the big money for the Browns who need help up front. Um, Trip, any of these guys um, excite you more than the others? The only one that stands out to me is, is Nathan Shepard. And that's, and I mean, I talk about standing out by, you know, uh, a hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. it's, Fort Hayes State, big time project, big time athleticism. Felt like he was pretty exciting as a rookie at times, just flashing for the Jets. Didn't really develop. Um, they brought in Sheldon Rankins to play alongside Gwynn Williams anyway. And so didn't get a ton of time. And it's interesting that, you know, the, the Saints lost all – they're both all, – all their starting – all their yeah. defensive tackles yep. from last Animata year. Animata Walk. Shai yeah. Tuttle, who you mentioned, left the Saints to go to the Panthers. And they paid Nathan Shepard and Colin Saunders almost as much as Shai Tuttle got, which is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Tuttle, I didn't think Tuttle was as effective. We, I think we joked about Tuttle being like, you know, a D2-4 or something like that last <laughs> yeah. time of this year. You know? yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so none of these guys are very excited. It's just – it's just the the amount of money that folks are spending on D tackle is it's wow. just indicative of of the need to be stout in the middle, especially with the desire to play light boxes these days. And the yep. teams that weren't stout in the middle, like Cleveland and Houston and and um, in New Orleans, was a little soft in the middle. Some of these teams just got yep. just absolutely gashed, and it's so and they're trying to shore that up. So and these are more NFL signings and fantasy, yep. I think. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, you know, Tomlinson sticks out money-wise, $57 million, four years, more NFL signing than IDP. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, got you there. Uh, Daryl, um, anything stick out to you with those, the big fellows? No, I'm, I'm with you on it. Um, just it's like Tripp said, it's kind of more NFL signings than, than fantasy and, you know, I think he said it. It's a uh, some of these teams just, as he said, got gashed. Right? They got just <laughs> ran all over. Yeah. So they're, they're yeah. you have to fix that somehow. So yeah. it's not like these guys are horrible, but 
fantasy wise, they're not superstar going out and trying to acquire, but yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody really stands out to me in that group. Right on. Um, there was one other name uh, on on the list here that was the Buccaneers re-signed defensive end Anthony Nelson to a two-year, ten million dollar contract. Any anything move the needle? No, yeah, I think the guy. They got to yeah, have somebody. Yeah, he he <laughs> like I think he had like a two sack game at the end of the year, and his name so his name popped up mm-hmm. in in, in uh, the box score. But yeah, I'm with you. Um, so that concludes. The defensive lines. So now we shift over to the defensive backs, and here is a Hollywood favorite, <laughs> a Hollywood favorite, finally changing his jersey. Atlanta signed safety Jesse Bates to a four-year, sixty-four point oh two million dollar contract that includes twenty-three million in year one. Trip, what are we thinking here? Jesse Bates goes to Atlanta. They got a new DC. Jesse Bates played deep a lot in Cincy. What, what's what are we? What's his perspective here in Atlanta? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think he'll play. Still play a fair amount deep, but I think he'll be a little yeah. more interchangeable. Um, yeah. yeah, this is. Yeah. I don't think Ryan Nielsen played a ton of too high. I would expect more, uh, a fair amount of one high. But Bates is. But I do think that between Richie Grant and and Jesse Bates as the starters, I do think they'll try to be a little bit more diverse in their coverages. And so I, I do think that he'll have more opportunity. I think he'll get more snaps. I mean, I think this is a guy who would put up, you know, he had a hundred tackles three years in a row and 20, yep. 2018 through 2020. And it's because he was playing like 1100 snaps every year and this yep. defense finally improved and the snap, his snap total went down, his tackle total went down, but now yep. he's going back to a defense. that's going to take a while to figure it out. I mean, this yep. is, we talked a little bit about what the front looks like and yes, it's just, it's a defense that's going to take a while to come together. It's a defense yeah. that struggled last year. He's going to play a lot of snaps, and I do think that his production will go up again. He's still not a guy I'm seeking out. I'm guessing he's still a guy that people will recognize the name of and probably draft yeah. before I would take him. But I do think that he's not going to be like uh, – he was like the DB 103 on, fa- on football guys scoring or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally 100 defensive backs score more fantasy points than he did last year, even though he played all but one game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's just kind of goes to the nature of defensive back. It's so hard to yep. rely on those guys. It is. It is. Uh, Daryl, are you happy to see your boy move on out yes, of Cincinnati yes. finally? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like Trip said, he's played a thousand plus snaps for the five years. The one year he played 953, that was 2021. So, um, 100 tackle guy. And you got to think he was doing all this with a good safety. Sean Williams, when he broke into the league, was the strong. And then he had Von Bell the last few years there. So, you know, what he was producing, he wasn't doing it alone. He was doing it with another star or stud safety next to him. I think you go to Atlanta now, as Tripp pointed out, uh, Richie Grant's a player that's going to be a decent piece for him. But I think now Jesse Bates goes in there and he's going to be the guy on the back end of that secondary, right? He's going to be the Uno man back there. So I agree with Chip, uh, Trip. I think you see his numbers go back up because this defense, they don't have a lot of pass rush, right? Uh, that's one thing they've got to hit in the draft. Um, what are they doing with their linebackers? Uh, so I think the opportunities, the volume, Volume's still going to be there. The opportunities production trending back up. Um, 
I know a lot of people's kind of soured on him the last couple of years, but um, for me, he's I think he's just as good as he ever was, uh, and I think we'll start to see those tackle numbers come back up. I dig it, man. Um, yeah, intrigued with I'm intrigued with Bates in Atlanta as well. Um, as Tripp said, uh, I like the prospects of them being a little more interchangeable with him and Grant. And I right. think the, I think a great point um, that Tripp brought up as well was the defense that's going to be trying to figure it out. They're, you know, that the Cincinnati defense was getting better. Um, the Atlanta defense has got a lot to figure out. It could bleed more tackles to them, um, and we could see those go up a little bit. So it, it it's. Uh, We've been waiting for him to leave Cincinnati, so it's uh, it finally happened. So right, and a lot of things, a lot of things changed in Cincinnati since he broke in too, right? Sure. Um, they yeah. they they wound up getting Logan Wilson, who took some of the tackles away, right? Because he's a really good linebacker. Um, so I just like you said, that defense is getting better. So when it does, I think that kind of lets your numbers come back down a little bit to see him uh, move on, because I think he's going to do really well down there for Atlanta. Right on. Um, so Jesse Bates' former running mate, Von Bell. Von Bell signs with Carolina to a three-year, $22.5 million deal. And I can't wait to hear what Tripp says on this. <laughs> Our in-house Carolina insiders here to help us decipher the Von Bell, Jeremy Chin, Xavier Woods conundrum that we're in right now. Tripp, what do you think? Well, I'm probably going off the deep end, but uh, that's okay. I the, well, the person that excites me for us is Jeremy Chin. Okay. I've been – I've been yapping on Twitter and on podcasts for Jeremy Twins and Chin's entire career that they need a third viable safety so that Chin can move around the defense more. Yeah. And so now they've got Von Bill, who's a pair with Xavier Woods. And I look at what um, um, Chin did last year. Last year, last summer, the narrative was, oh, well, Chin's going to focus on being a Pro Bowl safety. And, sh- and people started to get wise to that preseason because he had like this one preseason game where he played 17 snaps and almost all of them were deep. And people got excited and started fading him. And that all turned out to be, you know, for, re- for a good reason because in the first five games he was playing mostly deep for Carolina. And Xavier Woods was playing close to the, to the line of scrimmage, which is, is strange. Well, Chin gets hurt. Phil Snow and Matt Rule get fired. Steve Wilkes takes over the defense. And after that, uh, Chin's role is totally changed. He's playing about 40% of his snaps in the slot slash star role and 40% of his snaps in the box. His role doesn't look radically different than Shaq Thompson's like eight years ago when Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis were there. It, it's fascinating fascinating change you know basically a totally different position for him which is really interesting and so i wondered if wilkes would be brought back and then i wondered well okay pr- probably not right they will probably bring in somebody else sure not they bring in edger or evero and and he's not said a whole lot other than that he will be moving chin around but then to see that they do have two actual safeties in bell and woods and this frees up Chin to play that same type of role. And that that defense, the Edro Evero defense, which is based on the Fangio defense, has a, a star role where they're using a slot defender and run support, especially when they're in too high and when they're in penny personnel. Because when they're in penny, that means they've got five defensive linemen and one linebacker on the field. And it's often the star that comes into the box and, and plays in run support. And so I just think it frees up Chin to play a Derwin James-like role in this defense uh, in and really be impactful uh, and even more so in it is 
if I'm right, if they do play these two safeties full time, then he's even freer than James because James isn't usually out there with two other safeties. Sometimes he is, but um, it's it, it's I think it has just tremendous upside for Chin's value. So I, I'm right. as you can see this you know foaming at the mouth excited about it. So <laughs> he's no. clearly going to be my safety too. You got to have Derwin James <laughs> as your safety one. But right. You can't avoid it. But Chin's clearly right. my safety too. <laughs> No, I, I love that, man. Um, yeah, it, it makes tons of sense, right? I, I totally dig that, right? You got two viable safeties now in Von Bell, Xavier Woods, and you can let Jeremy Chin just be a game wrecker all over. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I love that, man. That That's exciting, right? Because, like, if you could, you know, like, we all love Derwin James. If Jeremy Chin's role is similar, when you say he could play a Derwin James type role, mm-hmm. IDP players' ears perk up because yeah. they know that that's that's difference making stuff, right? Yeah. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love that man. That's that's music to my ears. I love Jeremy Chen. I, I've been excited since he came to the league. Such an intriguing player and what he brings to the table, and um, it makes me want to go send offers out, man. <laughs> 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 I mean, you're probably not alone, but I'll, I'll, I'll knock on the next door. That's right. <laughs> uh, Daryl, what do you think, man? The Carolina safety situation. Yeah, I mean, I was I was so curious to hear what Trip was going to say, and mm-hmm. uh, that's what I wanted to hear, right? Uh, yeah. If you're a Von Bell on, owner, I'm not worried because he's already proved play. And in Cincinnati with Bates, star back there on the back end and be productive, right? So I think if you have Bell, I'm not worried about him. I think you can sort of get the same production, maybe a little bit better because um, I think Chin's a, a really good safety that could free some stuff up for him as well. So um, I like I like uh, Von Bell down there. Um, I love hearing Trip talk about. Uh, Chin, right? He's like a yeah. little kid at Christmas. You can see his face <laughs> light up. And... <laughs> yeah. Hell, I'm fired up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Good stuff. Um, we're going to continue down the, the safety train here, road, I should say. Uh, the Brown signed safety Juan Thornhill to a three year, $21 million deal. Um, Trip, does this uh, excite you at all about Juan Thornhill's perspective in uh, Cleveland? Uh, it keeps me on to Grant Delpit, is what it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I look at, they've got Jim Schwartz there coordinating that defense. <laughs> we haven't seen when Jim Schwartz coordinated a defense in a minute, but when back when he was doing it, he had a pretty discernible difference in roles between safeties. And one of the hard parts we're having with safeties these days is that everywhere you look, the two players are largely interchangeable because they're playing left, right, or, you know, they're, they're, yes, they're sitting back in too high, but when they rotate down, it's, it's anybody's guess. It's really based on the offensive play is who rotates down. And so there's no clear box safety and free safety in a lot of these NFL defenses we used to see. So I'm curious to see what Jim Schwartz does and bringing in Thornhill. You have a guy that's been playing more deep than shallow for several years now. Uh, freaking Kansas city played a ton of two deep last yep. year. So we'll mm-hmm. see if they do that. Uh, so, but anyway, Thornhill doesn't have a lot of experience near the box and, and Delpit's a guy that was kind of the preferred uh, shallow safety last year between himself and John Johnson, who was just yep. recently cut. So I'm interested to see if that role sticks and, and that should be attractive for Delpit's utilization. So that's, that, that would, 
I would continue to lean on Delpit as a, as a safety one at top 12 facts. I, I don't have any rankings yet, but I, I suspect that he'll be in my top 12 preseason rankings. <clears throat> that's, that's interesting, man. Um, yeah, that I, I kind of had the same uh, thought process too. I mean, like you said, Jim Schwartz is coming in now and we got to see what he's going to do, but like, yeah, Juan Thornhill, you know, the first thing I thought of was well, he's going to play deep. And th- when they brought in John Johnson, we were wondering what his role is going to be. And it turned out, you know, to be wow. more of that. And, you know, Delpit, you know, just is more of a guy whose skill set is intriguing as far as playing uptight and, and being the, the box safety, if you will, for us that we look for. And that's, mm-hmm. you bring up an excellent point again, Trip. It, that's what we're searching for. And it's tougher to find with the shell coverages yeah. and, and eliminating his explosives and the, the interchangeable guys. And, you know, we're trying to, if you can find those guys, that's, that's the advantage that we're looking for, you know, is trying to target and target them early. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so um, great point. And yeah. So uh, I think moral of the story to listeners is Delpit would be the, the signing of Thornhill is a, is, is a good thing for Delpit. Right. Yeah. And I also think that the, um, I think this defense would be more aggressive than last year's defense too. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's, I, I don't, I have, I haven't looked at the blitz numbers lately, but I, my recollection was that that defense was pretty conservative and they tried to get pressure with four a lot. And I think with uh, Schwartz there, I would expect to be a little bit more aggressive. And I think there'd be opportunities from safety to blitz. And the guy that's blitzing is the guy that's close to the line of scrimmage. You're not blitzing from 20 yards deep. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, a little off topic, but since we're talking Cleveland, do you think Jim Schwartz coming there would bring any stability to the linebackers that we've been trying to figure out? I mean, health's one thing, but scheme-wise, do you feel like that's going to bring any stability? I, you know, I, I I don't think that the rotation last year was a function of of, of choice necessarily. Okay. I, you know, I, there's um <laughs> there's I guess a probably raging theory in the internet. I'm usually bashing it. You know that. So and so quote likes to rotate his players. So and so will rotate his players this year because that's what he did last year. It's like no, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, know? roles. <laughs> you yeah, know sure. they're they're looking at who's on the field now, who they have. On, you know they're trying to put the best eleven on the field. And mm-hmm. you, I mean, we talked about this with Quay Walker last year too, right? I mean those coaches came out and said we don't want to rotate as much. And a lot of people said no, I think they will anyway. I said yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't want to sub. The Green Bay. I mean, no. I, I'm with you. Uh, just to chime in, I mean, I, they, they kept. I, I'm always looking at Green Bay shit. And it, they mm-hmm. didn't want to sub. Joe Barry's like, I don't want to sub. Right. It's easier to disguise what I'm doing if I don't have to bring yeah. coverage players onto the field. If I have a six three, two hundred forty pound linebacker with long arms that can drop yeah. the coverage. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that on top of that, you've got all these defense, these offenses that they see a, a weird sub package out there. They need immediately run tempo so the defense can't yes. substitute. Right. And so yeah. you know, yeah. you, you just don't want to be stuck like that. And so I, I think that. I think that the linebacker rotation in in Cleveland and the coaches spoke about this too. They spoke about having talkie talkie out there because they yep. needed a bigger guy that could stack and shed because they were getting mm-hmm. gashed in the run game because their defensive tackles were so bad. Right. Uh, Jim Schwartz has, has talked already this preseason about wanting guys that can run and hit. And the guy that can run and hit in that defense is Jer- Jeremiah uh, Osu Koromoa. And yeah. now they have Delvin Tomlinson to play in front of him to help keep him clean. So clean him up, I think yeah. it's stock up for JOK. And then, you know, so. I don't. Anthony Walker's not been resigned, to my knowledge. Uh, you guys, I haven't seen uh, him either. Talkie Talkie is, you know, is was hurt, and well, you know, I think that the, I don't think he's necessarily ready to begin the season. I think right. I read that he's playing for a really small number this year, salary wise, because he won't be ready to start the season. And then you've got Jacob Phillips, who's going in year four. He's a, right. a longer running 
you know, not, not he's not a sack shed guy either. So, no, but no, then again, he's also been a bus. So I don't yeah. really know what will happen with him, but you know, he, he fits, he's closer to JOK than he is to, to talkie talkie. So yes. I mean, I, I don't really know what the argument is that the JOK isn't just head and shoulders, the value in that running back in that linebacker room right now from a fantasy perspective. <clears throat> no, that's excellent. Um, yeah, man. I, I love that. That's uh that's, that, you know, that, that's why I like that the Tomlinson signing, right? You can, mm-hmm. Up front, they were a mess, and he's a big dude that can, you know, eat blockers. And uh, yeah, keep keep the run and chase guy clean. That's what you got to do. He's yep. not going to, you know, JOK's he's an exciting player. He's a yep. heat missile out there. He, he's going to make big plays, but if you can't keep him clean, he's not going to stack and shed 315 pound guards, right? You know, it's just not going to mm-hmm. happen. Um, Daryl, um, we talked a lot of Cleveland here. Um, Thornhill signed there. Me and Tripp are, are more excited about the prospects to Delpit in his profile. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it helps him. Um, I like the Tom, Tomlinson signing. I think that helps helps him up front, right? Because uh, yeah. Clowney did him no favors. He's not been relevant for a while now. I mean, could, could one player have a bigger name and a and get more bigger paydays off of one play. In his <laughs> I, was just gonna, I was just going to say, I know where you're going with this. Oh, yeah, the hit against mm-hmm. Michigan. <clears throat> just, oh, time he was in Tennessee, just freaking, just horrible. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree. Delpit's the guy you want to have this year, I think, for sure. Uh, right on, man. Sounds like we're all in agreement there. A um, couple one-year deals here. We're going to talk about uh, safety. Geno Stone signed with the Ravens for one year. That's a re-signing. Um, yep. And the Dolphins signed safety Deshaun Elliott to a one-year deal. Um, we talked about how excited we were about Kyle Hamilton with the Ravens. So I, I assume we're not too excited about Geno Stone as more of a reserve. Um, Deshaun Elliott in Miami. I like Geno Stone. I mean, he's just a solid third safety, right? Mm-hmm. And I think yep. in deep leagues where you start a lot of safeties, I think he has a little value. Um, and then the, uh, the Sean Elliott played really good for Detroit last year. So yeah. I think Miami's getting a good player there. So yeah, I mean, they're not superstars, but they're good quality safeties that you can have on your fancy teams that are plug in for bye weeks or whatever injuries or whatever. So. Yep. Trip. Um, Anything move the needle for you on Stone or Elliott? I think Elliott comes in to, to push Brandon Jones, Brandon Jones. for the starting yep. safety job there so and, yeah. Um, yeah. in Miami. I, I I worry about Brandon Jones trying to play in that split safety scheme yep. and Vic Fangio has. I, he was an interesting box safety, and he was a menace down by the line of scrimmage, but yep. they had to take him out of the game because he just got exposed by Mark Andrews early last season. Yep. And then he got hurt with an ACL, and I, I, I just I, – I wouldn't – I wouldn't be comfortable betting on Brandon Jones as a full-time player this year. I, Deshaun Elliott could beat him out for that role. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I totally, totally with you there. Daryl uh, sounds like you're with you. Brandon Jones, it, it's yeah, he's a smaller, safe, feisty safety that profiles more as a box safety. So yeah, like you said, Trip, not exactly a fit for the the new scheme. So yeah, a little worried myself. It's a great point, and Elliott coming in. Um, the last safety on here before we transition to corner is old, reliable Jordan Poyer coming back to the Bills on a two-year deal. Um, we kind of know what Poyer is. Were you, uh, what, what are your prospects on him going forward? More of the same. Were you surprised 
Buffalo brought him, brought him back trip. No, I wasn't surprised. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a player that they need. He's a good player. Yep. Um, I think that, you know, what was the interesting piece about Poyer is that he was a top five safety for like, what, four years in a row or something like that. I mean, yep. just a great, great, and always undervalued, right? You could always yeah. get him later than you should go. And then people finally figured out that he was good. And then last year they drafted him early and then he didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it goes to that point about you know defenses just are different year in year in and year out and they and they they said the Bills talked about wanting to be more conservative, run more too high last year, and they did that. And Porter didn't play as close to the line of scrimmage. They were uh, insistent on playing light boxes. They brought in big defensive tackles like um, I forget that big um, Daquan Jones and some yep. other guys to up in front and, and just adamant about playing light boxes and showing too high against teams like the Chiefs, and that just sapped Porter's value. And so. I don't know it'll be a lot different this year. I, you know, I, maybe it will be. Maybe without Tremaine Edmonds, they'll maybe Poyer will supplement the box a little bit more often. I'm not sure. <clears throat> that's something to watch anyway. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, something to keep an eye on. Um, Daryl, Poyer coming back to Buffalo? No, it doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah. Perfect fit for them. Um, not quite the player he used to be, but oddly enough, he had nine interceptions the last two years. Yeah. So, Five and four. So, mm-hmm. I mean, his game's kind of changed just a little bit. Um, I was sitting here looking at some of this. Um, from week 12 on, he kind of flip-flopped back and forth, right? Strong safety, strong safety, free safety, strong safety, free safety. Strong. So, he kind of played a, a little bit of a mixed bag there, um, which was interesting. And, and maybe that's kind of why the interception numbers uh, were a little higher than normally. I think it's because the defense was so good. He had the big interception numbers two years That's ago. True, I think it mapped yeah. the lower the lower tackle numbers from 2021, and he made it up with in big plays, and so people didn't see the drop coming. <clears throat> yeah, excellent point. Yeah, right. absolutely. Um, so that wraps up safety. So uh, I'm going to run through. We got like four or five corners on here, and uh, we'll touch on those guys. Uh, New England re-signed cornerback Jonathan Jones to a two-year $20 million deal with $13 million guaranteed. Um, Detroit made a big uh, splash signing at corner. Uh, they signed cornerback Cameron Sutton to a three-year, $33 million deal. That includes $21.5 million guaranteed. The Vikings, who desperately need cornerback help, they went after Byron Murphy to a, on a two-year, $22 million contract. Uh, the Eagles brought back James Bradbury on a three-year, $38 million contract. And the 49ers signed cornerback Isaiah Oliver to a two-year contract. So, of those five players, um, is there anybody in their trip that excites you IDP-wise or sticks out? The guy that sticks out to me is Cameron Sutton, and I yeah. really think that is a good chance that he's a full-time player who moves into the slot in nickel. Uh, they mm. saw the um, – they're going to roll out Jeff Okuda, I think, in Detroit. And then they also brought in Emmanuel Mosley to play that that third cornerback okay. role, which will be a boundary role for, I think, one year for $6 million. And so uh, Sutton, I think, has potential to be uh, one of those nickels that you know, piles up the tackles, play a little closer to the line of scrimmage, maybe blitzes occasionally. And that's what I'm always looking for in a corner. Is, mm-hmm. um, I'm looking first and foremost for the guy that plays full-time and then steps into the slot and nickel. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, Sutton's a good player. And it's in cornerback, like we talk about an IDP, right? The closer you are to the ball, the more apt you are to make a play. And mm-hmm. corners that play in the slot and nickel, you're closer to the ball, so you're going to make more plays on it. And playing outside, um, 
it's you know interceptions aren't a sticky stat to rely on for IDP. If you're going to count on that, you're going to you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> you know, year to year it can fluctuate. Um, so as Trip Trip nailed it, if uh, if you if you're looking at a guy who's getting paid well who could be playing a full time role in the slot, um, yeah, it's it provides you a nice tackle floor. And um, yeah, Sutton Sutton's a good player, and um, it's a, I think it's a nice move by Detroit to get him. Um, so yeah, he. I'm with you, and I know that a lot of Detroit fans, what I saw on Twitter, were excited about the signing as well. So, mm-hmm. um, sounds like it. It sounds like it could be a pairing, the rare cornerback pairing of NFL move slash IDP move, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, Byron Murphy might fall in that same boat because the 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 Vikings depth chart is awfully thin right now. They, it's they, bad. Yeah. Yeah. They've got Andrew Booth, who was a yeah. second round pick last year. Then they've got a Caleb Evans, who was a fourth round pick last year. And yes. if those are the two other starting cornerbacks, then maybe Murphy plays on the boundary in base and steps inside in, in nickel too. But I would think that they've got to add another player. So I think we have to see how that floor comes together. Yeah, that, yeah, that's uh, yeah. totally with you. That The Vikings secondary was something I was curious on who they were going to bring in because they were just abysmal last year. They struggled yeah. um, throwing out uh, younger guys and stuff. And it was, it was um, definitely one of the weaknesses. Um, and then uh, – I know uh, our good old buddy Joey the Tooth. Uh, shout out Joey was uh, he, he kind of was digging the Isaiah Oliver signing. Uh, Oliver's played outside, he's played inside in the slot. Um, so they had lost, uh, you know, San Francisco's lost a few guys. So um, curious uh, if Joey's excited about a guy, it peaks it peaks my excitement as well. So um, Daryl, <laughs> any, any of those guys? Um, shout out Joey. Um, any of those corners? Um, uh, yeah, I mean. I like the Sutton, Cameron Sutton in Detroit. Yep. I like that. Byron Murphy, you know, Patrick Peterson's gone, so they had to bring somebody in and to at least band-aid it there. So uh, I'm kind of like Tripp. I think they're they're either going to look at somebody in the draft or maybe find another free agent, but they're going to have to do something uh, to build some depth there. So um, outside of that, though, that's that's about it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, we, you know, one thing we didn't touch on, we I hate to interrupt, but, you know, no. I was really curious as what y'all thought about Arizona. We didn't talk about Kaiser White. He signed like a two-year, oh, $11 million yeah. contract. Yeah. I, and, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead, Trip. Yeah, so we've got now Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, Kaiser White, Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson. So you got five guys. It's the same conundrum we've talked about with a couple of other teams. Five, there aren't five thousand snaps to go around between those five guys. <laughs> yeah, so who 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 loses out? I mean, and you know, I look at the situation, and when I first saw Jonathan Gannon there, all right, well, they're just going to move Simmons to weak side linebacker. He's going to play that Kaiser White role. Yeah. Well, if Kaiser White's there to play it, he probably plays himself. <laughs> yeah. And yep. so, you know, I, you know, the nickel role, is the, the slot star role that Isaiah Simmons played last year. I don't know that that's there in the same way because the Eagles had Avante Maddox, who's more of a true corner playing it. And mm-hmm. then when they brought in CJ Gardner Johnson, he kind of played a star like role in New Orleans and they moved him to, to, to safety when they got him. Well, right. I, I just, I just, I don't, I'm just really struggling with how this is going to fit together. I don't know if y'all have any thoughts on it. No, I'm, I'm happy you brought that up because I think it's a good thing to discuss. Because, yeah, I don't know that any of us will have our heads wrapped around it. Um, mm-hmm. And with all the names on there, I knew we were going to miss one was going to slip through the cracks, right? We were even talking before the show. We covered quite a few. I'm a, that's why when you brought it up, I was uh, I was like shaking my head. Yeah, we got um, that one surprised the hell out of me when I saw mm-hmm. Kazir White sign in there. Um, like you said, okay, 
Jonathan Gannon comes over and he brought over Nick Rowless. This is one of his guys. He was a linebacker coach, right? Mm-hmm. There. Yep. Um, so with Gannon coming over, the, you know, the thought is initially was I was hoping Zayvon Collins would finally fulfill his destiny as a really relevant linebacker playing in the middle. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah. And then, like you said, Trip Simmons played the, the weak side role and then which Kaiser White played and then they signed Kaiser White, which I'd scratch my head. And then Simmons was playing the slot role. And in college, he excelled, like, as you know, Trip, you're a Clemson fan. He excelled as a slot hybrid overhang player. They used everywhere. Christ, he played corner. You know, it's like he was everywhere. Um, I don't know what to make of it. Um, at first, I was, I, I was more excited about Collins finally maybe finding a role that he could fit in and, and be more IDP relevant. I, I mean, I should say he's he's IDP relevant, but be a bigger presence as far as mm-hmm. the linebackers. Maybe fulfilled be the guy that I always hoped he could be. You know, considering his skill set. And then maybe Simmons could find a more steady role and not be everywhere. But now I'm not so sure. And then do you guys – I wonder what you guys think. Considering their edge group, do you think there's any chance Collins kicks out at all? I mean, I I don't see I, – I, I always wondered that before. I mean, I don't see it now. I, don't, I wondered if that argument was going to come up with all these linebackers too or that uh, suggestion, I shouldn't say argument. I, I just don't see that, and I was curious if you guys would entertain that idea at all. But um, I, I don't know what to make of it. I, I was more optimistic on on Collins at first, and then obviously Simmons playing that role with Kaiser White there. It seems I'm more I, I don't know what the hell to think about Simmons now. Yeah, I, I struggle more with Simmons because yeah. Collins to me makes sense as it continues <laughs> to make sense as a middle linebacker. Yes, I yes. don't. I mean, yes, I could see him getting some sacks yeah. and Sam and yeah. rushing from the edge maybe hotter. Yeah, times. but it's not yeah. going to be doing that. Like, like not that significant enough to. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to make make up for this balance that we're talking about. That there are five guys in four positions. Yeah. So, uh, I, it, the one thing that was interesting to me about Arizona last year is. Um, is I saw a preseason projection by Mike Clay, and he projected all four of those guys, Collins, Simmons, Thompson, and Baker, to all hit 100 tackles. And I, I was like, I, I didn't research this, but I'm pretty sure that's never happened. And so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to doubt this one. And so I doubted it publicly on Twitter. Well, he was off by one. I think it was Simmons that hit 99 tackles, and the other guys all had 100. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty remarkable. So the good news for Collins and the linebackers here is that the the tackles will be more concentrated at the second level because this is a defense that's not going to play the safeties as close to the line of scrimmage as fast as Joseph did. Uh, so what the, what that means though is that you know Zayvon Collins has got to be comfortable dropping and covering a large yep. area of the field in, in the middle of the zone, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see does Gannon see him as a fit for that role? I mean, it, maybe. I mean, he's a big tall guy, and sometimes yep. you just like the rangy guys there. So. Yeah, um, uh, but I, Simmons is the tough one. I mean, I yeah. just, I just feel like he, I just, man, I, his, his, his maneuvering in the box and tight spaces just continues to really trouble me. I just, I just don't like him in that role at all. I just, he just, he over, he overruns plays and it yeah. just doesn't get himself in position. And uh, he's you know, a tall, such a tall guy that he's easy to get under the shoulder pads of. And yeah, I, I just know. don't know how he fits. Yeah. Go ahead, Daryl. You know. It- He's talking about Simmons, and it just hit me here. If he's playing on any other team, most likely, and he's having these issues and we're having these concerns, 
almost feel like he goes back and starts playing safety again. But because they've got Baker and Thompson back there, they don't have nowhere to put him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's so I like almost I almost kind of feel like if, right, if they traded else. him somewhere, he would be better because he's probably going to go play that safety role. I think. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 uh, it's the most intriguing, interesting, hard to figure out group because of the you know we talked about it of the group. Collins is the one that profiles as the Mike, size, athletic. You know mm-hmm. he. Kaiser White doesn't yes. profile there. Simmons doesn't profile there. That's why I was excited for him. So I like that. And then, you know, you always, like I said, you wonder about the the edge argument, pass rush, like you said, Trip. they going to, but it, it'll be minimal, right? It's not going to, you know, completely downside, or, you know, O'Faze's upside. But I, I don't know. Yeah. Simmons is the one for me. I kind of, I know what Kaiser White is, you know, and, and the, the profile fits for Collins. I don't know what, and, and, Trip laid it out. The the nickel roll, you see, like you said, right? That you said the nickel roll and again his defense that's not that's fit for a, a smaller corner, not a six four, two hundred and thirty-five pound uh Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> so uh right, we'll just have to see what they do at corner for one thing. I mean, is there any team that's worse off a corner than the Cardinals? I mean, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe 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 I said was have to play boundary corner at the rate we're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right um no it, i'm happy you brought up this this uh conundrum we're in because uh yeah the guys you're citing uh failed to hit the sheet it yeah we could we could probably talk about this for a while here trying to piece it together yeah. and it, we still wouldn't make heads or tails of it but yeah um it's insane it really is yeah look, look at this core i'm just looking at a depth chart here they yeah they have they have uh i just want i want to be curious what orlad's listed uh, Simmons as, and they got him as the nickel, but mm-hmm. um, that doesn't surprise me being March uh, 16th. Well, that's where they had him last year, right? They just haven't. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. I, I was, I did see, I was looking through some up charts as we've been going through and, and, and most of it's still what was there a month ago. Yeah. There's a couple okay. of agents that have been plugged in and whatnot, but for the most part, yeah, yeah. They're just, they've got a long way to go to update that thing. And it's just, they, they've, who knows what they'll come up with? I'm interested. Oh yeah, to see. It, it always is. Yeah, I wanted to see the corner group here that you're talking about. And it's, Marco Wilson. Marco Wilson was the guy, the, the only guy, and I'm me. Familiar. You know, I, I suit me up. Let's do it. <laughs> Put trip out there, man. Like I said, if you're on the waiver wire, I'll take I'll take a shot. That's right. I'll get a tackle. Uh, Somebody yep. run me. <laughs> no man, that's, uh, I'm happy you brought it up. That's excellent uh, conversation <laughs> stuff for a, a situation that we're going to probably be. Um, bring him back up throughout this off season. Hey, what do we do? It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, was there any other free agents that signed that, that didn't make the list? Well, that, that, that was here? just the one that stood out to me because the, oh, yeah, the yeah, three teams know. have the most interesting defenses. And of course that's the yeah. honor not on defenses are the Panthers and the Saint, not the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons and the, and the Cardinals. Those are the ones that I think will be most interesting to watch. And, and at this point, I think are tough to, to figure out, I have obviously a strong opinion on the Panthers, but this yeah. Frankie Louvu out there, it's you know, it's it's a challenge. It's interesting to see how those yeah. defenses unfold. Some of these other yeah. ones, you know, like you got Wilkes in San Francisco. Well, that's not going to change much. There's not much to look at right. there. So, um, that um, some these other three defenses are really fascinated to watch and see how they they fall out. And so we got some big name players that are impacted with it. 
No, man, that's awesome. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, that Atlanta odd front, um, that got the wheels turning in my head with, with their personnel. And just because it, it, it makes sense. And it's uh, – I'll, I'll be curious to see what they do in the draft now too and see if that fits – you know, all that fits into that. Um, yeah. I, you know, for all we know, they're going to trade up and, and – well, I guess there's – I mean, I don't know. Who, who did you say? I mean, if they were drafting a conventional defensive end, I mean – is there anybody that really fits that role right now? I mean, all, all the edges, I mean, I feel like they're more outside linebacker types, except for Miles Murphy. And boy, right. his name sliding on mock drafts, I think. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I mean, he screams values in these mock drafts. Well, Van Ness right? could be not really an outside guy. Yeah, I, Van Ness is an interesting character. You think he fits as a, as a true edge-setting defensive end in the Cam Jordan mold? <clears throat> yeah, I think he can be. I mean, it, I think him and – he's closer to Miles than he is – you know, Will Anderson or those type guys. I, I just – not that he can't do it. I just think he's better suited as a hand-in-the-dirt 4-3 guy like he mm-hmm. was kind of Iowa, right? So. Yeah. It's important to note here that I that Daryl's a closet Iowa fan, so he's going to be home on this game. Show that Hawkeye tattoo. That Hawkeye tattoo, man. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> can't with you yeah 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 no the atlanta uh pass rusher i mean you you were gonna you hate to assume anything but you gotta assume they take one pretty high um hey i I mean they they invested two and three in last year and they just went out and signed ellis they brought that last year it didn't work yeah i I don't think ebiketti was bad last year do you i don't think you i'm an ebiketti Fan, I, I think I think there's he's got a lot of juice, man. And I, I mm-hmm. think he could I think I think he's gonna take time. You know, they yeah. all do pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I'm still optimistic on Epicetti long term. Yeah. I I am. Um I'm not out on him. Um I I I I'm curious what kind of I'm just, like we just talked about, I'm very curious what kind of edge they draft. Do they yeah. move do they move up to get Tyree Wilson? Does Miles Murphy fall in? to a place they like him. I, I like him. Does Van Ness fit? Um, do they try to move up to get Will Anderson? Will Anderson is interesting. I, you know, I, I like the guy and I, I, the amount of power he packs in his six, three, 245 pound frame at times when I watch his tape is, is kind of crazy to me. I don't know how, how NFL teams view him in, in a scheme fits. That's all stuff. I'll never know. <laughs> I will probably understand, but um, the, the edge group is so intriguing and Atlanta is the fit that is, super intriguing to me because there's a big need and now that you're throwing the odd front mix to me trip i'm really got the wheels turning here man <laughs> i'm looking at pff mock draft and they have them they have them with a corner a corner makes some sense why wow. okay yeah. yeah i mean it's the starting wow. corner they have aj terrell at one spot but then they have casey hayward who's up getting up there in age at the other spot and they just lost isaiah oliver okay. so yep, yep um yeah. yeah i don't know that may be a spot they want to look but yeah, it's just it's a team with a with a, with a bad defense that needs a lot of yeah. talent. So we'll have to see. You know, a lot, all the guys we're talking about right now are no none of them are stars. They're all pieces that complementary yeah. pieces. And so it, it, yep. I certainly can see the land in the star pass rusher, and yep. how that how that impacts the defense would be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that and then like you said, uh, if Ebiketti can take another step and uh, pair with another young guy, um, good stuff. Well, we had quite the list of players to cover it just tells you how exciting it is to play IDP and this time of year can be just like trip said 
it was the first night, Monday night. We talked about this earlier. We talked before the show. Up until midnight, news was breaking that was relevant to uh, to our wonderful game here. Hey, eh? it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot to cover here. Um, man, it was uh, it was fun, guys. This this was great. I think we covered all kinds of stuff as far as player scheme trip. You always trip trips the, the mad scientist when the, the mad scheme scientist as I put in there, um, <laughs> dude. Always love picking your brain and hearing your insights, man. Uh, absolutely awesome stuff. You brought the fire just. Just uh, great stuff, man. And uh, just want to say thanks for joining us, man. This was this yeah, was man. a lot of fun. Well, I appreciate you having me on. It's, it's fun to get on and talk football. That's that's a, a big reason why I like to write about fantasy football. Is it's just fun to get on and, and talk about it, right? I mean, I've ne- still yeah. to this day never met anybody in person that plays IDP fantasy football. And so it's fun to get on a podcast and talk football yeah. with guys that know it. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you know, I agree. We're going to have to change that one of these days. We're going to have to all get together and uh crush some beers and talk defense uh in person yes we are that sounds awesome let's do it right yeah we're gonna have to do it (laughs) um well trip like i said thanks for joining us you crushed it tell tell the people where they can find your work and uh and tell them what you what you got coming up yeah well these days i'm writing at fantasy at uh, footballguys.org is it football uh, footballguys.com sorry (laughs) Guys.com. Yeah. Gotta learn the website. <laughs> hey, it's getting late and we've been talking. That's right. That's right. It's getting late. Uh, I'm hoping to write up some like uh some scheme breakdowns for the uh for the site. Uh that's it's Jordan McNamara's been writing down like offensive coordinator impacts on on offenses awesome. and posting them on the site lately. I'm hoping to do something similar for defense. I used to do that as a dynasty football factory back in the day and I'm hoping to get back into that and get some stuff up there. I kind of outlined all of it on Twitter already without a lot of stats to back it up. So I'll put together a better research article and put it on, on the side, hopefully. Awesome. Oh, hell yeah, man. I look forward to that. And um, as Tripp just said, he has been dropping scheme threads on Twitter. Check those out. Um, as moves were happening, you were breaking down what you were seeing, um, what you what you think are possibilities. And, dude, those, those threads are awesome. I know I messaged you right away. I'm like, dude, these threads are great. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, dude, uh, great stuff, and I can't wait to read those articles. Um, the scheme stuff, man, you, you crush it. It's uh, always some of my favorite stuff to read and learn. So, um, can't wait, man. Footballguys.com, check out Trip, check out Twitter. What is it at yeah. Dynasty Trip? Yeah, at Dynasty Trip on Twitter with two P's. Awesome, man. Um, thanks again for joining us, man. This was awesome, Daryl. What do you got going on, man? Uh, yeah, you can find me, of course, here with you. You can find me on the Dig Podcast with uh, Justice and Chop. That's uh, IDP Debbie stuff. And then I've been writing some stuff on uh, IDPNation.com. Uh, go over there and check that out. And then, of course, we have the Patreon where I'm doing a lot of the uh, other IDP Debbie stuff I do. Go check that out. A lot of good stuff. So, yeah. Thanks, Trip, for coming on. When the draft gets here, I want to have you back, man. When Let's We can it. do this again for sure. Um, Sounds good. I have to push a three-hour pod, man. Break out three pieces. <laughs> oh, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, I just want to say, too, Daryl, you've been crushing it, man. And if you play IDP Debbie, Hollywood has the goods when it comes to IDP Debbie. He's got rankings. And I was just talking – I was on another podcast, and I was talking about I don't know that you can find IDP Debbie recruiting cr- class rankings anywhere else. No, D- 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 <laughs> Daryl is the go-to. He is yes. the, the font when it comes to IDP Debbie. Yeah, he's That's the right. font. That's a good way to put it. Um, you've been absolutely killing it, man. You, you've been crushing it. Um, so 
Um, not only is Daryl dropping awesome stuff on the IDP Nation website, but if you play IDP Debbie, he has one of a kind resources as far as current current guys in college and the, and the classes coming in. So go check out his stuff. Yeah. Um, dude, you're just killing it. Um, you can find me with Trip over at footballguys.com. Um, did a little bit of rookie stuff. Uh, me and Trip jumped in on some uh, rookie roundtables by with with the the Godfather of IDP, Gary Davenport. Shout out Gary. He put some of that together. Me, Trip, and Joey and Matt and uh, Gary jumped in on some of that stuff. And um, I'll be uh, adjusting the rankings once all this uh, IDP free agency madness comes, as as we talked about earlier, that are drastically changing the landscape. And then um, yeah. Uh, I'm around uh, at KBL54. Hit me up. Let's talk football. Trip, this was awesome. Thanks again for joining us. We're going to do this again right after the draft. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's let's talk how well that changes everything. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and everything we talked about tonight is wrong. We'll fix it all next month. <laughs> but we'll still it, we'll, we'll fix that all, but we'll still tell you bye, Jeremy Chin. That's right. <laughs> chin no matter what. <laughs> yeah, chin no matter what. Write it on a post-it. I love it. That's Hell it. Yeah. Um, well, great show. Um, please go subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, give us the five-star ratings. Um, spread the word. Let everybody know. And uh, if there's anything else, we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, hopefully, we'll have another guest next week. Until then. We'll see ya.